Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Got a little fun introduction before we roll into last week's Monday Night Master Debaters, the awesome roundtable show that The Great Deception puts together every single week. And you know it's Monday again, so I have to come at you with one of these fun things. It's just, uh, you know, hopefully something to uh, not only remind you that this dope show is about to go down in a few hours here, actually, um, just you know, I, I enjoy kind of finding little smaller nugget-sized, epi- like I guess you call them episodes, and then throwing them up front here, uh, just as some extra content for you guys. Obviously, if you're listening to his version of the show, um, you are getting all this stuff after the introduction that we roll into, right? Um, but I always am I'm looking on the computer. I'm finding really interesting things that I things I think are interesting, at least. And I'd like to share it with you guys. So something that I came across, actually shout out to a Patreon subscriber, Diane. And I don't share the last names intentionally. Diane, uh, highest level supporter on Patreon, sent me this message kind of showing me the concern that she has with these things called 15-minute cities, and I actually hadn't heard of these before. Maybe I'd heard it in passing or something, but I had not, it hadn't stuck with me. Now, apparently they're creating one in Oklahoma. No, I'm sorry, Utah. Um, I thought that she was saying that there was one in her local state. Uh, Not going to give her location away exactly, but... These these things look like prisons. They're very interesting little cities, and the concept's interesting. I want to talk about the concept, talk about some of the people that are pushing these things, 
And then some of the dangers and then, of course, some of the conspiracy theories about them, right? We've all heard of, like, the FEMA regions and the FEMA camps. This seems like a more realistic kind of sneaky way to herd the cattle, so to speak. And, you know, we're the cattle. So I want to get into that first. I do want to shout out Ron and Zach from the Imaginarium of Thought. They were in this episode Again, airing last week on the Great Deceptions feed, Matt always does a good job putting these shows together. I very, very much recommend that you follow his show, leave him five-star reviews and all that good stuff that I ask you to do here on my show. Uh, Dude's really done a good thing with that show in the short amount of time that he's been doing it. And uh, I always like to thank the Patreon subscribers in these shorter episodes here. Over the last 30 days, we've got chat. Uh, shout out Chad for signing up for that $5 tier. Massive thanks to Eric, another $10 subscriber there. Thank you so much, Eric. You're a fucking G, dude. Uh, Jessica, thank you very much. John upgraded his um, his level of support. John, thanks a lot, dude. It was really nice talking with you on Sunday. No, Saturday. I was used to doing those little chats on Sunday. Moved him to Saturday and got a lot more participation. It was really fun getting to meet some of these people that enjoy the show and are like-minded, right? So uh, a couple of these guys actually plan on starting podcasts, and I hope that I can help them start these things. I'd be happy to. So, John, I know you were thinking about it. Royds was also thinking about it. So if you guys need any help, I'm more than happy to help you. So big, big thanks, John, for for that extra support. Diane, thank you so much. This is the, uh, you know, she's a contributor in this episode. I see it as that, at least. Uh, sending me the content, which is really cool. Mexican Polo, again, I don't think that's his Christian name. David, Victor, and then Semples. Uh, uh, paying me in euros, so that's fun. 350 euros is $5, I believe, because that's definitely got to be more than our shitty dollars over here. So thank you, guys. And if you want to be uh, on the Patreon, all you need to do, go to patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast. We have a lot of fun. I'm trying to do at least one of these a month. I'm going to try to do two. Uh, Last one was kind of short. I like kind of just getting in there and not really having a time limit. The UFC was going on, though. It was UFC 285. I had to just get out of there as soon as this thing was about to start. I was not going to miss that for the world. And uh, we still got to talk quite a bit. So I learned a little bit about these guys. We talked about... Weird shit. I mean, just, you know, a free-flowing conversation. You get six or seven conspiracy theorists together that haven't met each other. We're going to talk about some fun stuff. So I want to continue those. Maybe we can do two a month. We'll see how that goes. But without wasting your time talking about the housekeeping shit, uh, not even going to mention my store right now, okay? You can check out the links in the uh, show notes if you care to support the merch store there. So... uh, Let's just get into this. You know, I I think that this is, it's an interesting concept because all around the world you have these cities, these 15-minute cities starting to pop up, and I mean all around the world. Um, And you know when these things start popping up, by the way, these little prison cities? When would they have started popping up if you were to guess? I put a gun in your head. I say, hey, when did these things start coming up? You'd say COVID. COVID brought these things on. And COVID brought a lot of things on, similar to 9-11. Like, you have this pre- and post-9-11 world. You have this pre- and post-COVID world. And it seems like we're just seeing the beginning of the post-COVID world. There's going to be a lot more, I think, to come as far as the the ripple effects of COVID. Now, in fact, on Wikipedia, 
you read right away that these, you know, fart-smelling, liberal, globalist, love, you know, fake love type people, um, you know, they say this to scare their fellow, you know, I, I call them dipshits, I guess their constituents, the people that support the New World Order, the One World Government, all this stuff. These people say on right there on Wikipedia, the most basic thing that you can really find if you're ever trying to start research they say on there, the ongoing climate crisis and the global COVID-19 pandemic have prompted a heightened focus on the 15-minute city concept. Two fake things. The climate crisis, which people I do not think have as much of an effect on as we like to think. The egos of humans are big, right? Humans are changing the world for the negative or the better, depending on how you see it. Um, the ongoing climate crisis and COVID, two massive, like just fraudulent things that you either you're either on board with the propaganda there or you're not you can take a guess where i stand on both of those things i kind of uh, spoiled it for you there a little by calling these people dipshits but it's just uh, you know when when you start hearing things connected to the climate crisis and this is the solution in my opinion right away you know that this is total bullshit. This is something where they're using this fake crisis to try to get some kind of uh, agenda passed or some sort of infrastructure in place. And I think that's exactly what this is here. And I'm actually going to have a couple clips uh, to play for you here. Uh, one's coming up shortly. And um, just the, the way the level of this stuff is is interesting to me. What these 15-minute cities are, it's essentially a prison without any walls, okay? It's a prison that you'll willfully admit yourself to for good social credit scores, um, what you think are benefits because you're you're right down the street from your movie theater because there's entertainment involved in this, and you're right down the street from your urgent care or your hospital or whatever the case may be. Everything is in a 15-minute walking or bike riding vicinity, uh, there's, there's different iterations. There's 10, there's 15, there's 20, there's 30 minute cities, which I mean, 30 minute cities are basically in a car, what we have right now, but they want to get rid of cars, right? So the roads are going to be different. All this stuff is going to change. And if you think that this sounds like something far off in the future, I mean, there's plans to make Paris a 15 minute city. Um, now it wouldn't all be just one 15 minute city. There will be different boroughs like the hunger games and uh, this stuff is actually kind of in motion, again, all around the world, South Africa, Asia, China, big time, um, Europe, different parts of Europe, the US, there's actually a few here in the US that are already in existence. And then there's more, they're expanding on these ideas and stuff too. But uh, I'm going to get into some conspiracy theories here, like towards the end of this little intro. But uh, this whole thing, it's part of this build back better lockstep program that all of these frauds that are in office right now, including our brave, brave, dear leader, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden, uh, you know, the, these guys are all pretending that they came up with this build back better plan on their own, but it just happened to all be during that 2020 election cycle or right around there. And all of these, you know, people coming up with this together at the same damn time, should be suspicious. It should it should kind of hint to you that there is some sort of one world government in motion already. And if it is of the triple B plan, uh, again, you know, it was a fun connection that people made. The three lowercase b's is a 666, right? BBB, 666. You can do the math on that. If they're of this Build Back Better agenda, it is of the World Economic Forum. 
And boy, are they proud of themselves for this one. They're, they're such caring, good people there at the World Economic Forum to not come up with this evil idea on their own. They're actually simply fulfilling a demand by you, all the listeners here, by myself, okay? They're coming up with a system to fulfill this thing that we're all demanding. But I bet you didn't know that you were demanding this, did you? I actually have a really interesting clip from uh, this guy I hadn't heard of, but he seems like he does really good work. Topher, uh, what is this dude's name? Topher, Topher Field. And um, I like what he what he found here. I uh, want to play this clip for you, see what you think. Dude's got a great English-speaking voice, you know, English accent. But this is what he has to say about the World Economic Forum's views on this 15-minute city and uh, just the smugness behind the, the WEF is always fascinating to me. But here we go. The World Economic Forum, for their part, like to claim that we are actually the ones who are clamouring for these 15-minute cities that have been unsuccessfully trying to sell us for over a decade now. It's interesting how what they want for us is automatically assumed to be what we want for us We just don't know it yet. But thanks to COVID and COVID lockdowns, the truth was revealed that we're all apparently clamoring for these 15-minute cities. It's a matter of life and death. Hear it from the World Economic Forum themselves. With COVID-19 and its variants keeping everyone home or closer to home than usual, the 15-minute city went from a nice-to-have to a rallying cry. Meeting all of one's needs within a walking, biking or transit distance was suddenly a matter of life and death. So says the World Economic Forum. And they're not wrong. But if I recall correctly, the reason that happened is because of the lockdowns and insane COVID policies that were foisted upon us by World Economic Forum Young Leaders graduates like Emmanuel Macron and Jacinda Ardern and so many others like them around the world. Forgive me, but it's really starting to feel like we're being sold a solution to a problem that they created. Yeah, Topher, I would agree. And hearing Topher speak again while I'm just being quiet and listening, he sounds a bit more Australian. So, uh, you know, shout out to the Aussies. I love my Aussies out there. Uh, my mistake for saying he was English, and maybe he is. You know, if, if you're kind of a more uh, prim and proper uh, Aussie, sometimes you kind of sound a little bit English. But, uh, yeah, man, my mistake on mistaking that uh, very distinguished accent there. Big fan of uh, that dude, uh, just from what I gathered from what he said there, because he's right. He's talking about the revelation of the method type stuff, right? He's talking about uh, problem, reaction, solution. We're in the solution phase right now, right? Uh, we're kind of in the middle of the reaction and the solution phase. And yeah, again, these people are just real proud that they're able and they have the the time and the power and the infrastructure and the everything. They have all the things that they need just to fulfill our deepest, darkest, <laughs> and really darkest, our deepest desires, right? Um, desires so deep that you didn't even know you had these. Now, it's wild, obviously, uh, and he goes on to make this point. If people really wanted 15-minute cities, we would have set those things up for ourselves individually, right? I mean, I live in a rural area. There's a lot of people that live in rural areas all around the country. There's people that live in cities that still don't have these things 15 minutes away. And it sounds convenient. It sounds like a nice, convenient idea to be like, hey, you know, I want 
some food. Let me just walk to the grocery store. It's, you know, it's, it's, most people wouldn't walk even if it was around the corner, but still, you get the point. Convenience is nice. But the idea here is you're, you're, you're trading, uh, convenience for security, I think, and for freedom, right? I'd rather be free. I'd rather, uh, have to drive 20 or 30 minutes to get to a grocery store without having to live on top of my neighbors like rats. I mean, this is literally what it is. And I'll get into some of these numbers here in just a moment. There's no way that the quality of life will go up as they anticipate. If we're talking about these certain numbers in really what would seem like a football stadium-sized area. I mean, it's, it's wild what they have kind of in mind here. These would have to be skyscrapers and all this shit. Um, so again, I'll get into that. You've heard of like these concepts of like the Lion City... Uh, you know, in Saudi Arabia and all these other places where, you know, they sell it to you like it's a great bag of goods, right? Like it's a a utopian idea. Again, utopia translating in Greek to nowhere, a place that doesn't exist. This shit's impossible. It really is. And it becomes more clownish here as I go on. Um, A lot of the work of, of this stuff and a lot of the ideas were popularized in 2021 by this uh, Mexican professor, definitely a Spanish-speaking professor, not sure if he's Spanish or uh, Mexican, Carlos Moreno. And he based a lot of his research off of this urban theorist lady named Jane Jacobs, an ultra, ultra-progressive liberal woman. Nothing wrong with, uh, with you know, women getting out there and sharing their ideas and stuff. But, you know, this lady, a uh, high school graduate, she did a little bit of understudying at uh, Columbia, if I'm not mistaken. So not like your typical Harvard-educated doctorate asshole that's just totally bought and sold on the plan of whatever Harvard tells them and they feel like they're part of this exclusive club. I'm sure she feels like that, but she actually is a very accomplished individual for just doing two years in in college, even though it is Columbia. Uh, You know, kind of comes up with a lot of these things. She's got a lot of books. She's got a lot of ideas about urban theories and how to make cities as efficient as possible, how to plan for the future and all this shit, right? Uh, I'm sure that she didn't know because she's passed away now. She didn't know that all of her money was going to be sent to Ukraine because her plans cost a shit ton of money. Uh, Taxpayer dollars, baby. So all that money is in Ukraine now. Maybe Ukraine will start having some 15-minute cities. We're going to have to kind of push ours back a little bit. So sorry, Miss Jacobs. This may not work out the way that you had planned, But Carlos Moreno, talking about this stuff, has these six essential functions that are going to make a 15-minute city efficient, okay? 15 minutes, you can walk or bike from your dwelling to these other areas. Obviously, the living situation would be one of them. So you need to be uh, have a living space. You need to have a working space. Uh, Commerce is included, healthcare, education, and entertainment. At least they're giving us some entertainment, the bread and the circuses, right? Because if there's no entertainment and there's no health care and there's no commerce and there's no whatever, if you're just living in a box, man, maybe people might get upset about that. So at least they're giving us entertainment in this fantasy world of theirs. Um, the framework of this model has four components as well. Density, proximity, diversity, and digitalization. That digitalization one is very key because uh, you will see when you're dividing these areas up, there's digital locks on shit, and it becomes very Orwellian very quickly. Now, proponents of this shit say that technology 
and the fourth industrial revolution have made it so that people don't need to move around as much. You're giving up freedom. You're giving up the ability to travel around freely because the fourth industrial revolution, the digitization of the world makes it so you do not need to leave your home very often at all, right? And it's true. It really is true. You, if you if you wanted to live in 2023 without leaving your house once for anything ever, you could do that. You could get food delivered to you. You can get clothes delivered to you. You can get everything that you need delivered to you. You can work from home, which I'm actually trying to do right now, right? Remote location jobs got very, very popular under COVID-19. A lot of this stuff just exponentially increased during COVID-19. So, um, where are we at here? I would say something that I'm actually concerned about personally, that if this trend is allowed to continue to progress, we'll just all end up in pods, like I mentioned. We'll, have, we'll get food rations. All the things that you kind of enjoy because it's convenient will become mandatory. You won't be able to go to a restaurant. You won't be able to do certain things that are just fun. Go on a hike. You'll have a simulated hike for you with a treadmill that you rent in your house and you can do AR, VR, walking around, you know, fucking fight a fake mountain lion and shit like that in your virtual reality. No hikes for you, right? It's scary stuff. And again, it seems so convenient and fun right now that if you just don't feel like leaving the house that day, it's a possibility, right? You can have a full life without leaving the house if you want. But should we be forced to do it? That's the problem. And that's the question. And I think that this is the the actual goal of these people here. Now, this stuff just sounds, again, it sounds utopian to me. It's very good in theory. It's ultra convenient, but not at all feasible. It's not realistic, but damn it, they're going to try this, right? They have to try it because this is the only way that you control people. If you get everybody in a certain area, how easy is it to control people when they're all on top of each other living in these little fucking pods, as I said? Um I don't know. It, it just seems like it's not popular with people that are actually familiar with the idea, but we're told that it is. You tell a lie big enough over and over again, people start to believe it. It's unfortunate, but very true. We're not very smart as people. I, well, let me rephrase that. We're smart, but we've been lazy. And with that laziness comes several problems. Now, China, who's very good at controlling their people, has some some numbers and some plans, and I think that they've actually executed on some of this. Uh, I mentioned the stadium idea. Do me a favor. Walk next time you go on a walk. If you if you walk much or if you exercise or anything, and you know it's up to you if you do any of that shit. Kind of overrated, but I've been doing it lately. It kind of sucks. When you walk somewhere, kind of try to track how far you're going, right? Uh, maybe like, you know, take the odometer in your car and track how, how long your street is and then walk to a destination. Online, you'll see that the average person in 15 minutes walks one mile, okay? I'll tell you right now, that's bullshit. I don't think that that seems to be true at all unless you're speed walking because when I, I've been jogging lately, right? And my goal when every day when I go out, sometimes I, I fall short of it. Every day it's to run for 30 minutes straight, to jog. For 30 minutes straight. When I say jog, I mean it's just above a speed walk. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, setting any records here. It takes me 8 to 10 minutes to jog a mile. Okay, Now, I'm trying to conserve myself. If I had to sprint it, oh, I'm sure I could do a sub 7-minute mile. Not, not to brag, I know. But uh, in high school, we used to do these. You know, see how fast you can run the mile. And I remember my time was like 6-something, I think. Uh, maybe. Maybe 7-something. I don't even know. But 
you got to think here. Walking for one mile, if it takes you three minutes or three miles to jog, or 30 minutes to jog three miles, sorry, 30 minutes to jog three miles, that doesn't make any sense that you're going to walk half that distance in uh, 15 minutes, right? Uh, or a third of that distance in 15 minutes, really. So they're ant- anticipating that you're going to speed walk. Now, the reason I say all these things is because they want a population in less than a square mile area of 50,000 to 100,000 people um, with about 17,000 to 32,000 households. That, just think about that. 17,000 houses in a less than square mile area? That that doesn't even sound right. Again, this is a stadium. You know, filling up a stadium, a, a big stadium, a big football stadium or a baseball stadium, there's like 70,000 people, 50,000 people when these things are at capacity, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could actually probably Google really quick uh, average size, average seat capacity, average seat capacity in a U.S. stadium. Let's see what they are. Um, yeah, so Michigan Stadium has 107,000 capacity. So this is a larger stadium here. That's the, the biggest stadium, Michigan Stadium. You got Beaver Stadium, 106,000. Ohio Stadium, 102,000. 102.7, I guess. Um, you're packed in a stadium when they're at capacity, right? So where's the room for the living? Where's the room for the working area? The All this shit that you need to live a normal functioning life. There's no room for any of that stuff at all. So you are quite literally living in pods on top of each other. And you're not going to have a kitchen. You're not going to have any of this stuff if these plans go according to the way that they want. Um, Again, it's trending in that direction. You remember how popular micro homes got recently? I mean, these tiny, tiny dwellings. Like It used to be a comic thing. When you talk about living in New York City, what a $2,000 apartment will get you. It's like a hallway, right? The bed, you've got like three feet to sleep on your bed. You're lucky if you can turn on your side in some of these beds because they're so close to your ceiling. There's no kitchen. There's a mini fridge. There's one toilet, and it's like kind of got like a half wall. That's a mansion compared to this stuff, it seems. Again, you've got a bed, and basically it's a place to sleep, and that's it. Um Actually, Black Mirror has a really good iteration of this, and the pod actually seems quite a bit bigger than what it seems. This guy actually has a treadmill in his pod. So there's more propaganda to this, and I want to share an idea uh, and actually a a speech, uh, a TED Talk segment. I'm not going to do the whole thing because, I mean, that would just be torture. This Orit Dolev, and I'm probably butchering her name. She's an Israeli lady, Orit Dolev, uh, O-R-I-T, Last name, D-O-L-E-V. Interesting character, for sure. Um, I want to kind of describe to you who this lady is, what she uh, says to represent, kind of, you know, just some of the the backstory on her. And then I'll play this clip and then, uh, you know, talk about some of the theories and some of the methods. And then we'll get out of here and get on with the episode. This Arit lady... Um, pretty accomplished for sure. Uh, currently a senior director in product and design at Sightful. Never heard of Sightful. She was on the Forbes 30 for 30, uh, 30 under 30, not 30 for 30, 30 under 30. This is people under 30 that are, you know, doing good shit, supposedly in the business world. Her introduction here talks about how she's a multiple designer 
and product manager living in the cross-section of the physical and digital worlds. Right away, this is a little suspect, right? Got a big passion with AR, VR, XR, mixed reality, wearables, all this stuff. Uh, says she, she's passionate about making technology more human. She says that she also designed some of the world's largest, uh, helped some of the largest brands come up with products, BMW, Magic Leap, Kenmore, Nespresso, and more. Um, helped some startups get together and some pretty damn interesting things. She spends her free time, this sounds like I'm like advertising a, a woman that you should date or something. She spends her free time juggling a couple of personal projects Mentoring early, mentoring early stage entrepreneurs and volunteering in various ventures. She created Nomad, reimagining the way that we travel and our with our musical instruments. I guess, and I don't know why why you need to travel with musical instruments. It sounds like some uh, American Pie shit. I'll show you what you can do with a flute. And uh, let's see. She also helped create the Ladies Wine and Design in Tel Aviv. Again, she's an Israeli lady. Now, all that sounds well and good. Um, until you get into like where she's spoken, she's spoken at Ted, she's, uh, done uh, chief executives organization, China innovation. Okay. And is really, uh, doing a little work with China, IBM, right? Microsoft, all those things. It, it's sus. It's sus at the very least. And when you get into her working history, this is what really interested me here. You might be like, dude, why are you telling me all this shit? I kind of want not only to, for you to understand who, I'm about to play this clip of, um, I want you, I want to see if you come to the same conclusion as I do. One of her first, her very first job that she lists here back in 2006 to 2008 is the commander at intelligence unit 8200 of the Israeli intelligence corps. So she is a military official, quote unquote, now working in technology and advocating for this lifestyle of owning nothing and being happy. Very, very interesting. She's got some pretty good education. The Israeli Institute of Technology, the Hebrew Reality School, um, engineering, art, and design at Schenker. Volunteered at some interesting places, too. Uh, economic empowerment for women. So she's a, a bleeding heart liberal, right? Uh, very concerned with, like, the gender gap in, in innovations and things like that. I don't know. The, the lady is suspect. Anytime I look at something and they are part of the Israeli government or the U.S. government or, or any government, military, it's reason for concern. If you haven't heard of this Israeli intelligence corps, it's, um, let's see what it is. It's an Israeli Defense Forces Corps, which falls under the jurisdiction of IDF Directorate of Military Intelligence, or the Amman, and is responsible for collecting, disseminating, and publishing intelligence information for the general staff and the political branch. So this is like taking top secret shit that even the government doesn't really need to know about and then making it so that the government can quote-unquote know about it, learn about it without learning too much. This is deep stuff. I did not realize what this was. So, you know, scary, scary that this lady that's, uh, you know, on the verge of, uh, or, you know, she's kind of a, a, I would see her as kind of almost a liaison to digital infrastructure and technology and the Israeli military, uh, you know, Israeli intelligence corps. So scary stuff. Okay. Not a hundred percent damning, but this gets your conspiracy brain kind of, kind of moving here. And she has some ideas here of how this whole thing will be feasible. She's not directly connected to 15 minute cities, 
but she's absolutely connected to the idea of owning nothing and liking it, and that is very, very much a demand if you're going to live in one of these cities. Now, listen to her talk for about two minutes here. She's kind of annoying to listen to, I'm not going to lie. She seems very happy and very nice, you know, says, says everything in the right tone as to not offend, but listen to the words, not the tone. Is it possible to own nothing but have everything? Why would you even want to own a car when what you really need is to get from point A to B? What used to be a car is transforming into a riding service. Someday soon, personal cars may be banned in cities, replaced with an autonomous vehicle service. Will our houses become services too? Why make all these commitments? Imagine a world where all the physical products around us transform into digital services with no belongings, no commodities, no wallet, no assets or property. A world where the only things you can buy are services and experiences. I live in a complex, a place with everything I need to live, work, and play. I prefer the co-living housing because of the round-the-clock services they offer. I subscribe to a food service that sends me fresh ingredients from a farmer nearby. I subscribe to most of my clothes. Every morning, they arrive at my window port with a drone. At the end of the day, I'll drop them to be picked up by the drone. My apartment has no closets, no washing machine or dishwasher. I don't need to worry about mortgage, maintenance, or even renovation once in a while, because furniture and decor became services too. Once we have kids, we'll probably subscribe to a baby equipment and toy service. Every couple weeks, the toys will be swapped and we will receive fresh ones, sterilized, of course. When I travel, I don't need to pack anything. The things I normally use will be waiting for me wherever I land. This new world might raise some concerns, such as how will it feel like not owning anything at all? Maybe this is actually an opportunity to redesign our crowded cities. Soon, we will all have genie superpowers. Things will be there exactly when we need them and gone when we don't. Own less, but have much more. Yeah, it sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, it, again, they, they come at you in this tone where it sounds very, we're friendly. We're not here to kill you. We don't hate you. And, and don't forget for a second that that is an ex-commander at the Israeli intelligence corps telling you that you shouldn't really own anything and you <laughs> renting toys for your child. I mean, that's just sad, right? So, uh, no, these people hate you. They want you to live like rats and they call you rats behind your back. Uh, and sometimes not so behind your back like this Yuval Harari guy, uh, Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, supposedly real scumbag, dirt piece of shit guy. Um, these people hate you. Cannot stress it enough. I uh, had a few more things I kind of wanted to get into here. I, I'm kind of running short on time. I like to keep these as short as possible. Some of the theories here, um, the, the more conspiratorial stuff, again, on Wikipedia, anytime you see something that's attached to it that says that it's an unfounded conspiracy theory and there's actually a label or a tab that you can click on and expand in Wikipedia saying unfounded conspiracy theory, 
You know there's meat on that bone there, okay? The unfounded conspiracy theory here is that you're not going to be allowed to leave these things without permission. It sounds crazy. It sounds like it'd be one of these things with the FEMA camps and blah, blah, blah. But it's not the case at all. Actually, in Oxfordshire, the one that um, our Aussie buddy was talking about there, if he is, in fact, Aussie, again, not the best at identifying these things, this Topher Field guy, right? Um, He was talking about Oxfordshire in his full version video. So having kind of motivating people to move there by making it insanely cheap versus like what you can get in surrounding areas that are not part of this 15 minute city. No one likes this shit, but they're willing to switch it out, uh, switch out their lifestyle that they're accustomed to, to save money and to also kind of secure their place in this, this future here, which doesn't sound like any of us really want to live in. He says himself that the Oxfordshire local government or whatever actually said that you will have 100 days that you can leave the the uh, 15 minute zone 15 uh, 100 days where you don't have to ask or request permission to leave the other 256 days or, or 66 days a year rather uh no 65 sorry 265 days i know how many days there are in a year um you would you would need permission if you have a job you got 100 days that you can work at that job until you find a new place of employment within your district, or you got to move out of your district into your place of uh, work into their district. Huge problem. How are they going to uh, you know, enforce that? With these digital gates, there are six digital gates that are proposed in the Oxfordshire uh, 15-minute cities, six 15-minute cities within Oxfordshire, each having their own digital gate equipped with license plate reading technology so if you leave we're not really sure what happens what's the punishment they're not really clear on that are you fined which is bullshit on its own are you jailed what happens does your social credit go go down it's it's freaky stuff uh all all very orwellian all super super controlled you won't even really be able to have your own emotions in in a in a city like this without permission i mean everything is permission based in this stuff kind of crazy um let me know what you think about it again this started up really a lot in covid and if something happens again like covid which i think that there is plans for that it seems all directions point that way um i I would say yeah it it's probably going to progress more and i think that this could be a problem it seems very scary it's again orwellian as fuck what do you guys think i'm interested um after this little intro, I'm going to share some ads with you guys. Um, helps make the show possible. If you don't like the ads, you won't hear them over there on Patreon for 3 bucks a month. It's nothing. I, I really, really appreciate the support and the increased interest in the Patreon over there. It's fucking worth it. It's $3. And I don't even try and sell you guys on the other tiers. $3 tier is where it's at. But people choose to support more, and I cannot thank those people enough. Uh, you do get bonus content on the 5 and $10 tiers, but... gets you everything, basically. So thank you guys uh, for listening to this one. Enjoy the conversation that Matt brought myself and Ron and Zach from the Imaginarium of Thought on to have. Zach bails out early. Ron sticks around the whole time. We had a fun time. This is Ron Weed. Um, We got two good, lovable Rons in this conspiracy community. Ron Weed here uh, in this one. And uh, episode will be at you on the other side of this ad break, guys. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters. We got a good round table tonight. We're short a leg right now. Hopefully, we'll arrive in, in the near future. We got our fingers crossed over here. But in the meantime, I have the gentleman from the Imaginarium of Thought, Ron and Zach. How's it going, fellas? Hey, how's it going now? Dude, Thanks I for having us on. You guys are doing over there, man. <laughs> and yeah and just are, a fun a fun chill show dude like just having like like you said smoking and just fucking talking dude it's a good thing to do it's like a nice refreshing thing other than like you know the deep dives it's just like a chill listen man i like it good stuff we really appreciate it me and ron have been friends almost our entire life so it, it feels great just to be able to hop on and you know chat with a good friend and also go deep if we want to but like you said a lot of times i think we like to just have fun and just shoot the breeze yeah and that's cool because i i love i wait for the the uh you know uh what do you call it the episode art to come out and i'm like dude you come up with some of the most creative fucking titles i love it and it's like dude i might not even be interested in the subject matter but the title draws me in so i'm like ah, I'm, I'm listening to this one let's see what they got this time so i i appreciate what you guys do man it's it's you bring an interesting perspective but like rye said it's enjoyable man it's like i can just i can just smoke a bone and sit there and enjoy listening <laughs> that's for that's pretty cool you know uh taking it back from the days when we would do it on a, a radio with the record button you know the old tape players <laughs> Dude, we used to have to make our own. You remember that back in the day? Like you had, there were no like mixed CDs and shit. I mean, I'm older than a lot of you guys, but we had to make our own mixtape. We were recording shit off of the radio to make mixtapes. So you'd record it off the radio and then try and record that to one of your mixtapes. And holy (laughs) shit, man, the shit we went through for music. It was like (laughs) the luck of the draw. You were just hoping you heard that right song at the end of the commercial break. Dude, yeah, or you didn't hit record like 30, you know, five seconds too late and miss that intro or, you know, sometimes on the radio edit too, like I know with on the rock, you know, like older rock songs like Stairway and stuff, they cut out some of the intro. So you don't get that good, you know, instrumental intro. It just kicks you right into the song too. So you're not even, you weren't even getting the whole song. It was kind of like a cock tease. Yeah, the, the full experience is gone, dude. Like the whole the whole thing about like Stairway to Heaven, like you said, is that intro. Yeah, it like gets you pumped up for the rest of the song. So yeah, dude. Like yeah, this is another reason why radio is kind of dying out, man. And like podcasts are are taking that 
that uh, even like you'll have uh, music podcasts where they treat it like a radio station and they'll actually play music in the middle of them talking full songs unedited. So you're hearing the curse words. You're hearing like all the stuff that's like, you know, too dangerous for the FCC or whatever the hell. So and, and yeah. I get it. Right. I mean, I have a young son, so I'm not going to be sitting there listening to people just drop F-bombs incessantly. I'm right. In the N word yeah. with him. But at the same time, how does anyone listen to like morning drive radio? Like it's the most sticky, like just awful, cringeworthy shit. And and the stuff they talk about, like it's all that, you know, mainstream stuff that they want you to think is important. That just is really it's safe, safe conversations. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and it's and like their polls and. It's just, oh, oh, I I can't do it anymore. Like I try and and like when my son's in the car, like we'll we'll try and listen to it. Like especially we'll try the classic rock song because they don't have as much morning talk. Right. But still, you still get the VJ that comes in and has to throw his two cents in and give you, oh, did you see in the news? And it's well, they like, usually talk like this too. And it's like a real fun, like, you know, peppy guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or he's or he's like the 600 pound guy who's the cool guy you know yeah. that just morbidly obese radio man that's the wacky radio morning guy we're kooky over here yeah man. yeah, man. yeah you can it's barely breathe <laughs> and they're usually fans of mma i don't know if you've seen the sure dog uh youtube channel there is a morbidly obese irish guy that gives you the best bets, supposedly. They never hit. I mean, this guy, this guy's never thrown a punch in his life. He weighs 400 pounds if he weighs weighs an ounce. And this guy's out there talking, talking really smoothly like this, you know, and just getting in there and 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 giving his two cents about the fights. And then he just butchers these bets because he doesn't have a clue about fighting. So it's kind of fun. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's wild what's going on with this whole you know wave of entertainment here. Yeah, yeah well, it's we kind learned, of like uh, with oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ron. I was gonna, I was gonna say like uh, with Connor, you know, it was a uh, mindset. You know, when he was hungry, he was victorious, and then once you, you know, lose that hunger, it's not the same. Your mindset's not all there. He's not willing to give as much as he used to do. Well, it happened with Kamaru Usman recently. You know what yeah. I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, Kamaru Usman, he's he's uh, changing his. Uh, you know, focus from MMA over to acting in Hollywood. It happened with Ronda Rousey. It happens with every single person when they get too high profile. I would argue it even happened with Jake Paul this, the, you know, yesterday. Um, he went out there and performed like shit against a shit can. Tommy Fury is not a good boxer. He's not like Tyson. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting to see how that works. Well, and you got it. You got a prime example this weekend, right? It's John Jones. And we, we, we talk Ooh. about it, right? It's, it's like, is he even going to show up? You know, you don't know what you're going to get from this guy. And he arguably is the the greatest, you know, mixed martial artist fighter ever. I don't think it's arguable, dude. He is the very best. He's absolutely the goat when it comes to light heavyweight. Oh, stop. I think goat shit. I fucking hate that term. No, I just hate the whole the greatest oh, of all time. Go like, yeah, no, it's dude, like I was using so that overused in the early 2000s with Ricky Carmichael in motocross. I was using that before a lot of people were, dude, that, because that's the thing. Like they'll say he's the current goat. There's yeah. only one goat. 
that yes, you can't say uh, this is the goat of this era. There's one greatest of all time. And that's my problem with it. Like people right. use it and they don't even know what they're saying. They're like, oh yeah, he's the goat of this era. No, there's yeah. there's no goat of this mm-hmm. era. It's yeah, the yeah, greatest yeah. ever. All time means all time. So yeah. I go back to what I said. John Jones is the goat of MMA. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I won't argue with you. I've watched every one of his fights and it's he's just amazing and it's especially a motivated john jones a motivated john jones no one is touching with his his size his unique style i mean people didn't touch him yep yeah it's gonna be a horrible weekend to me he's one of those people that's so hard not to like I, i mean i followed him throughout his career and he does all this stuff that you try to find, you know, he's like, he's a bad guy, but at the end of the day, he's just such an amazing fighter. Somehow it makes you forget about all that stuff. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's a shit can of a person. This is where you have to separate the art from the artist. The dude is an awful, awful person, but I mean, you know, and even right now, like, uh, you know, my buddy that we do the MMA show with, uh, here, uh, in Australia, he's like, man, you know, you're saying that you don't have a problem with Daniel Cormier, his like arch rival, where they literally would throw blows behind stage and like, you know, all this stuff. And he's saying like, Oh no, we're cool now, dude. Like just be the shit bag, be the can don't be fake, you know, em- embrace that thing because people still like, you no matter what. Cause just like we, what you said, Zach, like the dude's on another level when it comes to his art in that cage. But does well, DC have uh, to do it to be the puppet for ESPN? I no, sometimes uh, wonder that now because he's become like ESPN's golden boy when it comes right. to MMA. He's got his own show now. It's like with Ryan Clark, yeah. the uh, Steeler, uh, you know, Super Bowl champ and all that stuff. I don't think so, man, because he was wondering. He was like, you know, are we are we you know, should I be allowed to do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, John Jones is like, yeah, man, no, he can definitely commentate on my fight. We can we should be able to bury the hatchet and all this stuff. And behind the scenes, like, you know, I've watched many documentaries on this dude. He's like threatening the life of this dude when he doesn't yeah. think he's being recorded Yeah, as soon as the cameras go off yeah yeah that he's was like, live you know, on i'm gonna ESPN. fucking kill you tomorrow right like just like very cold serial killer type well he's got a highlight of uh poking people in the eyes that used to be like the thing like yeah punching like yeah it's so noticeable like you know he'd purposely be doing it like when you slow when you slow motion it you know <laughs> he knows what he's doing he's keep you know God um, love him though. Hey, you know, I, he's a I dirty did fighter, ask... and that's you know, sometimes that's what it takes. You know, you gotta like, you know, that's what that's what got America where it was. We weren't standing out there all, all in the line getting shot up. You know, we were hiding in the woods. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing that anymore. We're not <laughs> yeah, doing not that anymore. no more. Um, no. Dude, I was actually gonna ask you. That's a perfect segue. I, I was curious, really, like Matt, like what you were thinking. I don't know if you saw the. Uh... Like the whole situation that's going on with Ukraine, obviously. I don't know if you guys have heard they're in a war with Russia, right? I don't know. This is a new thing probably to a lot of people. But what's interesting about this, dude, is that China is being very two-faced with this when it comes to how they're approaching Russia. Obviously, part of the BRICS nations, right? Um, BRICS is Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China, and then Saudi Arabia, right? So you've got all... Or South oh, Africa, sorry. South Africa, excuse me. I said Saudi Arabia and when I was talking about it. But yeah, South uh, South Africa. So you've got, you know, these allies that are trying to basically rival the UN and NATO and all this stuff. China is going and acting like they have this 12-point plan for, uh, you know, Russia to just abandon 
the whole thing that they're doing with Ukraine. Meanwhile, when Xi Jinping meets with Vladimir Putin, uh, I like to call him Putler because a lot of people like to call him Hitler, right? So it's like Hitler mixed with Putin, Putler. And he all of a sudden like bails out of this, like, you know, disarmament for nukes. And now he's like, hey, nukes are on the table now. After meeting with Xi Jinping, who is supposedly telling us that he's like, you know, neutral in this whole thing. What do you think about that? Matt, I was I was curious what your thoughts were. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're doing kind of to China what we did to Russia with Taiwan. I mean, we're we just added another 200 troops to Taiwan. We're doing exercises in Taiwan to kind of, you know, poke the nest of China. And I think they're going to do that. They're publicly they're going to say one thing, but to Russia, they're going to say Fuck them. Stick it to them. Let's That's go. what I think, dude. Two-faced shit, right? Yeah. Like on the on the global stage, you're saying, hey, we're we're off of peace, Pris. No, no war. No war here. And then they go in and they're like, fucking do it, dude. Like yep. you guys can strike. Well, they're we'll, still we'll... shipping fentanyl over here. You know, I mean, they they, have, the a, damn they border. have waged a silent way, a literal, real cold war against us. Right. Whereas Russia, oh, that whole thing was staged for decades. This is an actual war, and our our government's just like, go ahead, have at it, kill them. Different yeah. forms of warfare, you know. Like, uh, you know, um, my dad would tell me like when they'd go on patrols down roads, and uh, you'd hear gunshots coming at you, and uh, the first thing you would think is to jump off the road, and get in the the trenches, you know. <laughs> Uh, but what well, what they would do is they would booby trap the trenches and they would just wait for the platoons to come by and shoot at you. So you go jump into the trenches. Right. So it's almost, you know, in a way you can do that psychologically, right. You know, go out and like what it is with the QAnon, you're, you know, you're basically like setting up a trap for people, Yep. you know, those Dude, kind of it, tactics, getting people to jump. It's interesting. The different ways that these countries, like the countries that are the biggest threats to us right now, um, I think Ukraine is the biggest threat, uh, uh, you know, for the actual like, you know, strength of the United States. I was looking at this dude and the national animal for Ukraine is a nightingale. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. Like usually like you have like powerful animals for these nations, right? You got a bear for uh, Russia, brown bear. You have technically you have a, a panda bear for China, but it's a dragon. We we all see China as the dragon, right? And they portray themselves as like really strong when they maybe are kind of you know not so very strong. And then Ukraine is a nightingale, which you know it's a pussy animal. You know what I mean? It's not it like might something as well that's be like a hummingbird, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it might as well be like a ladybug. Which actually, yeah. there I was looking up different national. Uh, you know, animals, and there is a nation with a ladybug. It's a pretty passive nation, but isn't it funny? Like nightingales, like these birds that sing at night. And I was reading about like the mythology of the nightingale. It sings in the darkest hours, right? It's like a whole fucking, you know, stupid story that it's like meant to make this really corrupt nation seem like just like the good guys in like the the night. It seems like it's weird. Dude, the whole thing's a story. You know, it's I mean, wild. it's just it's so bizarre. And like what? what we saw this week was or last week, you saw, you know, the devastation in, in Palestine that we're just ignoring kind of. And then Biden's in Ukraine, like meeting with Zelensky and all this shit. And then did you guys see this? Uh, let me see if I can find this. I, I was I was looking at uh, these pictures 
from uh, Biden's trip. And this one leaks out here. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? They didn't, they're not even like trying to hide his body double. <laughs> fucking right behind him. Jeez. And like at first, I'm like, oh, this is fake. But then you look and you look at the shit, you know, like the sun, the sun's coming in and it's reflecting perfectly on this side of his head. And then yeah. on this one, it's on the back of his head. So there's no fuckery, you know, with the picture. It's like, dude, welcome to the show. Wow. That's a good find. That's a good find. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for people listening, like it's clear, it's very clear that there's yeah. a, a so body double. and Biden walking up the stairs. And then at the bottom of the stairs, walking up behind them is another Zelensky dressed exactly the same, looks exactly the same. It's it's wild. It's a little suspicious. The guard wearing the hat is looking right at the real Zelensky's ass. <laughs> with his nose in the air too like, yeah hmm. he's like i wonder what that thing smells like let's <laughs> just have an inquisitive look yeah he looks like he's like he's he's kind of turned on he's covering his boner with his with his rifle it's okay now all right so we're, we're on the ukraine thing i gotta we gotta take a look at this real quick because this is just the asinineness of this whole show okay and if you think Ukraine is anything other than a show for the West right now. I, I can't help you, but watch this. And here's the picture. Joe Biden making a surprise trip to Kiev. There he is meeting with Zelensky. And here's some dramatic footage of them walking through the streets of Kiev as an air siren goes off. Right as they walk out, the air siren. <laughs> so what are the odds that right when the president uh of the u.s and the president of ukraine are doing this photo op walking down the street that an air siren goes off in the capital does that mean that russia is russia Wait, really... that's what that's supposed to be that's I an air they were siren. saluting him with the air siren no that's an air siren saying <laughs> oh look we're under threat but check out what cnn pointed out right after that how brave Biden is. Um, I've been here for the past five days. I have no, not heard any out. explosions. I have not heard any air sirens until about half an hour ago, right when uh, President Biden was in the center of Kiev, as, as Clarissa was, was just mentioning. Oh, the president shit his pants. <laughs> <laughs> what, are the odds, what are the odds that for five days there's no air sirens and right when President Biden walks out for a photo op with Zelensky, all of a sudden the air siren goes yeah, out. Yeah, he bombed his pants part. in Kiev. <laughs> Warning, everyone. <laughs> well, here's what actually happened. There's no way Russia was bombing or even threatening to bomb Kiev then because this was quietly disclosed. Here's the Associated Press. Uh, the White House took the step of notifying Russia of Biden's visit in order to prevent setting off a potential nuclear war. So right before Biden visited Kiev, the U.S. told Russia that this was happening because they wanted to avoid the possibility that Russia would bomb the capital right when he was that the Russia would bomb the capital right when Biden was there and that would set off a nuclear war. So Russia was warned about this, which makes this air siren all the more ridiculous because Russia knew exactly that Biden would be there. Well, also them walking calmly uh, down the cobblestone <laughs> like it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> I already didn't believe in Zelensky's bravery. But so, I mean, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Isn't it shitty that, like, us as Americans, we have to be subjected to the idea that if this dipshit president 
ends up getting accidentally killed somewhere we're all like thrown into a nuclear war because none of I, I mean i don't i don't know a whole lot about your political stances zach i'm i'm gonna go ahead and assume that they're kind of similar to ours that none of us would give a fuck if if about anything that happened to this dude yeah I'm not or, a the, fan or the previous six of them you know like who right. cares well my yeah. thing man oh, like uh well, i was gonna say like when i was on the cruise uh um all i had i didn't i didn't have access to wi-fi or nothing um so all i had was uh like new york times and shit like that that they gave you on the ship app you know right right and uh I, i'm looking at all these pictures of biden seeing all these articles and stuff and i'm like you know what if i didn't like pay attention to the kind of stuff that we're talking about like biden would look like such like a normal person they like i'm like wow they really make him look normal like i'm <laughs> so like a hero like, you know, like a hero and it's funny for me like knowing how much of an idiot he is and stuff. yeah telling the pope that he's a, a famous african-american baseball player yeah that can't be forgotten you know what i mean <laughs> he literally yeah, said like, if you're only getting american news and not get, you know getting the podcasts and stuff like that that we do and stuff we talk about like you yeah you would just be oblivious to to it yeah, yeah i think dude. like you're saying ron that's a perfect example of how you know they were able to control the narrative back in the days we, you know, we didn't have the freedom to the things we have now. And if you only had it coming from a few sources, then you can only imagine, you know, all the lies they were telling. But you're absolutely right, Zach. And they still do it today, which is crazy because even in that, you know, that clip that I was just playing, that segment that they did on the show, he goes on to talk, start playing like CNN and MSNBC, like praising Biden for the trip to Ukraine, like how brave it is for him to fly in through a war zone, which is a lie because he flew into Germany and then flew into Poland and then took a car to the border of Ukraine and took a 10 hour train ride to get into Ukraine. So he never flew into Ukraine, you know, but these people are all like on their knees, like saying, this is the greatest thing since, you know, they, they Reagan told Gorbachev to tear down the wall. All right. <laughs> Kennedy went to Germany and, or wherever it's like, it's just such nonsense and they get away with it because like, you know, we've seen the media has been bought and sold and they're no longer journalists. They are now just Activists. a mouthpiece for the, the corporations. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they're they're uh, these journalists are they seem like activists more so. Right. I mean, like they're, oh, they're absolutely just to, to push the, the message. Yeah. I mean, and, and did you guys happen to see uh, Saturday Night Live? Woody, uh, Harrelson, Woody Harrelson, dog. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my, my mom actually met him in real life too. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna play that That's right cool. here because this is, you know, for SNL, this is like some crazy shit that they're gonna play real this life. <laughs> SNL. I was like, wow. So here's this intro monologue. Goes like this. Uh, the big. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. <laughs> I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? <laughs> Dude, is that girl right there with the wig? Is that a real person? It looked like a fucking like a like a silicone doll. 
That was kind of weird looking. Uh, and also, you know, Woody Harrelson's dad supposedly had something to do with JFK's death. So it's kind of interesting that he's the one that's out there able to uh, talk about this stuff without. Well, getting... and it's 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 ironic. You know, I find it amusing now that all these people are coming out and questioning things, and now they're taking this brave stance. Three right years after it's later. proven. <laughs> you know, it's been over for over two years, and they've propagated it this long, but now. They're all going to come around as heroes and say, oh, I was totally against the mandates. You know, I I called bullshit from the beginning. Meanwhile, these are the people that are triple, quadruple jabbed and wore a mask everywhere. Well, they're keeping it relevant. They're keeping the conversation going and keeping the division up. Right. Um, but yeah, man, there was that one girl in the back that looked like a total fake uh doll like i i mean maybe it's i i watched that movie megan yesterday and it's like about an ai doll right <laughs> so maybe i'm like just seeing this everywhere but it it looked like a fake person so it's just kind of interesting the 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 levels of like all the the psyops and shit that are going on right now she moves a little bit rye not much but her head moves right okay but doesn't it look off like the skin looks very strange to me and there's there's two of them there yeah there's two ladies behind him that are weirdly placed i don't know (laughs) yeah it's tough to know exactly what's going on with that stuff but yeah man you can't you you can't believe anything that you hear and you can only believe like half of what you see yep that's how it is these days yeah and and also too is uh you know like the whole thing uh about jumping you know you can't jump on the first thing they're talking about you know whatever goes out first you gotta kind of you know stay off because of it. <laughs> it's obviously going to be bullshit you know breaking news is always gonna you know have a narrative to it Not, and i think the whole uh war thing set up is just it's all that you know project blue beam stuff <laughs> they're gonna mm-hmm. uh it's world war three is about to pop off pop off and aliens are gonna go to show up and they're gonna be like hey we're here to help everyone stop fighting you know peace love and all that shit and that's when uh things are getting weird you know it's interesting to wonder if like actual wars from the past were all part of like project blue beam shit or they were all deep fakes where like the vietnam war i think the civil war is a good example i mean you start digging into it and there's no photos of any battles that aren't staged go yeah look for look for civil war photos of actual battles not set up beforehand and yeah you'll you won't find any it's 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 one of those things that you know i've i've been i haven't dug deep into the civil war but that's one where you start looking into it and there's some people that make some really good cases out there that a lot of that was just bullshit well then then that goes back to every other war that we've ever had then and like the these more modern wars where you have these crazy stories like pat tillman how much did you see pat tillman uh, you know around the super bowl this year right you had these these red and white things in rihanna's performance the cardinals are red and white um there was a lot of just weird stuff with him and then like all these like you know what what was that movie the lone survivor with mark Wahlberg, right where there's this dude that is connected to black rifle coffee in a weird way you know uh uh, navy seal he uh survived an ambush yeah it was like a four or five man team that went up and only one dude comes back i'm not saying that there is war heroes it's it's got to be a real thing right but 
it's strange when well, you it's theater you right movies. right well, almost, and, and and uh human vibration I, th- I think she's she's on twitter i know she's on instagram too but she's done things about this about how you know a lot of war is theater and there was even people that went over to Ukraine in the beginning and it was set up like scenes. Like there were areas you couldn't go to and that's where the fighting was. And it was blocked off like a movie set and, (laughs) and you could hear stuff going on, but you never saw anything is what the guy that was on the ground. Like you heard explosions but there was never any like dust or any, you know, you never heard any screams of people or anything like that. It was all just very surreal. And it, it just makes you wonder what is, you know, are there like battles that are set up to take place in certain areas? And then that's where, you know, they're going to engage. And then the rest of it's just like you're, we're, the theater that they say. I wonder if it's uh, with these satellites and stuff, they're, uh, a lot of these battles that take place that we don't know about are just uh sporting like sports betting for billionaires like right. which 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 group will win you know and they're like betting well it's it's the, what the bankers have done forever right they're like okay yeah let's let these two go at it and then we're gonna fund both sides and we're gonna eventually get more money than we started with and just watch these people just kill each other <laughs> there's this hilarious meme that drew uh from missing the point posted because of like what you guys are talking about just reminded me of this where there's a bear with the russian flag on the bear it's a real photo with the bear holding like the javelina looking thing it's like a wild like a boar wild pig and the pig has the ukrainian flag on it and the pig is dead in the fucking bear's mouth and it's like it the pig is sitting there saying help we're winning send us money you know what I mean? It's like we're we're winning this war, but we need your help still, you know? And it just doesn't make sense. Are you trying to find it, Matt? I got it. Yeah. Dude, yeah, it's so funny. Like it's just the the visual of it. You know, it, it's perfect. I mean, this pig is clearly fucked. <laughs> and it's help, like, I'm help. winning. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, man. Like this dude posts a lot of funny stuff. Missing underscore the underscore point. Yes. Go check it awesome. out. Yeah, and listen to his podcast. He's got Conspiracy Theater 3000, and you're missing the point. Yeah, yeah I guess uh, since see the bear, the bears up, y'all want to, uh, you know, do the little uh, bear versus raccoon. Hey, <laughs> dude, it is National Polar Bear Day. I actually found this out. Today is National Polar Bear Day. 2-27-2023 is International Polar Bear Day, not national, international. So Very Ron important. sent me this. To uh, to back up your case, Rye, this is a man fighting a raccoon inside the car from Call of the Wilds. Oh, man. Imagine doing car jitsu with a raccoon. Dude, look at this. This is hilarious. <laughs> He's got a net, too, which is barred in our competition. Yeah, yeah, you can't have a net. No nets. Watch out, watch out. He is pissed. That is the most redneck mad. Mexican dude I've ever oh, seen. Do you see that guy? That Cholo? Yeah. Oh man, he got out! <laughs> this thing is up in the window. It's in the back. It's caught. It's loose. It's caught again. 
got a short tail that's been cut off or something. A shortened tail is a sign that the raccoon has been outcast from a pack. Renegade animals lash out with greater severity, making them a higher risk catch. I'm hearing screaming, kicking, thrashing. <laughs> what a fighter! <laughs> If he's got balls, I'll give it to him. Or he's retarded. Check this out, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a Tasmanian devil. Get him, get him, squirrel. Twist him, twist him, twist him, twist him. Oh, yeah, back in the gun. Caught him on the leap fly, baby. I mean, that's that's what we need to change it to, and then maybe explain it a little more. Is outcast raccoons five outcast raccoons, not rabid, just outcast. They're the weakest ones. Outcast raccoons are the weakest ones. But they have that little man syndrome where they want to fight quick. The guy said, right? They got tenacity. Yeah, they're more aggressive. That would have to also pertain to the bear. The bear would have to have like Napoleon syndrome, (laughs) small bear, and he's just pissed (laughs) off at the world. True, a two hundred pound bear. You know, that's pretty much Napoleon syndrome. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's an outcast for sure. He ain't getting shit in the food chain. Yeah, dude, it is a it's a scary thing. I that's a great video though. Yeah, Ron Ron sent me a couple uh, like that because. So, Ron, being that you have led this charge, what do you what do you got here? Well, uh, you know, honestly, it's kind of one of those pick your poison type things. Because if it's a fight to the death, like you know, um, <laughs> it's just kind of like, how do you want to die? You know, because the, <laughs> the the bear is going to come up. Most likely, it's going to claw your stomach or bite your stomach and guts, and your guts are just going to fall out, and, you're, and then it's just it's done from there. He's going to be eating you. You know, and um, the raccoons, though, on the other hand, it's your, you know, people say, like, I've heard people say you can grab them, just pick them up and throw them. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Those right, things dude. are gra- grabbing your Achilles tendon or they're reaching around and wrapping themselves around your arm and stuff like that. That's going to be like a bad way to die. There's, imagine one goes up, like one's tearing off your Achilles tendon, the other one's getting you in the wrist, the other one's biting your nose off. <laughs> you know, right. Like, fuck, like, that's, you know, I'd rather just, bleed out quicker you know i guess so but uh there is a video um see with these kind of animals like a, especially like with a dog i remember like like uh uh seeing that video about the um you know like the pit bulls heads or whatever how thick they are yeah like you can't like hit a dog uh on the head and like expect to knock it out you know? right you gotta go my dad's ribs, done so. it before with a dog that was attacking one of our dogs. And my dad is a big, strong dude, very mm-hmm. strong. Anytime he's ever gotten in a fight, according to him, now who knows how true this is, but it just takes one hit from him. Every time he's fought, he just got that. Yeah. And I believe it. Touch. Yeah. yeah. He's got that touch. And, and he, w- I saw him rocking this dog, just trying to knock it out and it would not get knocked out. And, and like, he was blown away. I think he broke his hand doing it. Dude, their and, skulls um, are so hard. Their skulls are hard, uh, and they also have, like, another level of, like, kill this thing. You know, the adrenaline in an animal. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, a deer will fuck you up. Uh, You know, the sweetest-looking animal will just Any animal that's seeing red will fuck you up for the most part. Any predator, you know? 
even a squirrel dude sometimes like a like a rabid squirrel game over dude these things will fuck you up too you know what i mean <laughs> the the only way like a human like us would be able to compete is if we were uh like that too more in tune with our animal side where we're able to toxic like masculinity you mean yeah climb through trees and shit like that and run at like 30 miles per hour right <laughs> yeah hey, dude we have not... to be mowgli from jungle book right yeah. dude king louis shit dude remember king louis well that's what you talk about you know you talk about different strength you get into like that term farm strength and there's something to that man right just you know being out there and working every day you have that different there's different strength to it and and that's what i you know that's why i shy away from that bear because that's fucking (laughs) pure savage animal strength like i stand no chance against something of equal size and weight of myself that just totally dominates me in strength i mean i i may be able to outthink it but i'm not outrunning it and i'm it's stronger than me so i'm fucking deep in the hole right off the bat dude uh like mighty mighty mouse uh would beat the shit out of me and he's like 80 pounds like lesser than me or whatever it is like yeah uh, but he's 70 I, i bet you he's just as strong if not stronger yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's, he's more in tune with his animal side. You know what yep. I mean? With the constant training and the, the daily uh, survival, because that's what a lot of that is. Is like uh, exercising and stuff is you're surviving. You know, you're kicking in those survival instincts. Um, so I was up there for the goat too. Yes, but with with a uh, this with generation, right? Yeah. yeah, just of, just of today. <laughs> just like I'm saying, only today. <laughs> No, he's he's one of the he could be one of the great. He yeah, I would I would accept the the debate, John Jones or Demetrius Johnson for sure. I was gonna so say, Brock, uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I was gonna ask uh, Zach, uh, what, what would you rather fight, a bear, or a raccoon, or five <laughs> raccoons? Oh, yeah, oh Zach. My parents hate this conversation. By the way, when uh, I bring it up with my cousins, <laughs> they hate it. It's so funny. Can we hear you? No, uh, something wrong with your mic, Zach. Yeah, you on mute? It doesn't uh, show he's muted. But yeah, man, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's a fun. Oh, uh, oh I guess um, I got a story. I actually saved the raccoon. Did you? Yeah, like a baby raccoon. I was uh, cleaning off this, uh, you know, when I was in the pool using a leaf blower, and, and it was by its by her back door, and. Uh, you know, I read that, that sometimes they fall out in the nests and shit. Yeah. And uh, I was going to, like, mercy kill it and, like, throw it in the river. <laughs> Drown it. But uh, uh, I ended up calling a, a, a friend of mine who's, like, all into, uh, like, animals and shit. And she gave me, like, a number to this lady who rescues uh, raccoons. And she was actually down the street. And uh, the raccoon survived. Nice. Uh, and uh, it was named Sugar. She named it Sugar, and she she likes raccoons, but she says once they get like to a certain age, you can't keep them anymore. You have to release them to the wild because they'll just tear your shit up. Dude, yeah, <laughs> I I work with a lady uh, when I was in Connecticut, and she I mean she's still there, but she that's what she does. Her side thing is she has a raccoon rescue, and people bring like ra- ra- raccoons and stuff to her. But she said the same thing. She goes. Once they get to a certain age, you have to let them go. She's like, there's been one or two that I've been <laughs> able to keep past that point. And they they were basically, you know, like a house cat in a sense. 
as a pet in pet terms, but the rest of them, like, yeah, they will fuck you up and your stuff. Yeah, they'll kill your family while you sleep. No, they just get they get in your cupboards, they get in your fridge, you know, like they'll they'll just fucking destroy the inside of your house. Huh. Man, yeah. I had to Ron, you said you were about to mercy kill it. I had to mercy kill a little baby bunny that had its two back legs broken. It broke my fucking heart, dude. Mm. It was the cutest. Little, it was a bunny like literally three inches long, small baby. Someone like must have ran over like the back half of its legs and it was dragging itself across the street. And I had to kill this damn thing. I smashed it with a rock. It was pretty shitty. I felt really bad. But, you know, it's better to do that, I think, than uh, like just watch let it us, suffer. Yeah, let it suffer to death. But um, yeah, uh, Zach said he, his Internet crashed and, and he, he said thanks for having him on. <laughs> oh, he just bailed out. He, yeah. Oh, just, man. It, it just I guess it wouldn't couldn't couldn't hang. He. He doesn't really have internet. It's like some sort of like data, like hotspot thing. Oh, okay. You made well, it yeah, that far. That was good. Yeah, I wanted to show you guys this. This is a deep fake thing. And and I know, you know, where we are now. We were talking about shit being fake on TV. Check this shit out. This is where we are now with deep fakes. It's wild. This is incredible. And what you're looking at here is neural head avatar tech. We all know them better as deep fakes, but the point is they're getting scary good. So in this example, you see all these creepy loops right here. Well, they were generated with these images and this driving video. And this is an example of mega portraits by Samsung Labs. It's actually closed source. It's not available to the public, but there are a lot of free open source alternatives that are available. You can try today that I'll make sure to throw up in my newsletter tonight. But the particularly amazing thing here is how good cross-driving synthesis has become. And it's becoming clear to me that with the rate of acceleration in hardware and software, everybody this decade is going to have the ability to make anybody else say or do whatever they want. And I'm wondering, how dark is this going to get? Where is this all headed? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let me know in the comments. Mm. Yeah, where do you think deep fake? I mean, because this was a big thing back when Obama was president. That was when it kind of came on the scene and people were afraid of, you know, what was going to be, it was going to be used for. And now you see how far it's come. It's like, Ooh, you combine that with, you know, the AI photography that's out there and all this stuff. It's like, how are you going to be able to decipher what's real and what's fake in five years? Dream within a dream, some fucking uh, vanilla sky shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think where it could end up uh, and and probably realistically is already being used for that is like bribery, right? I mean, uh, actually, uh, One Thumb L, uh, I spoke with her today on The Cunt Show, right? The news show that, that Ghost and I do. And she was saying that it seems like that's where this is going. And I brought up the point like, well, couldn't you just record yourself talking when someone is bribing you and saying like hey you know like we got this deep fake of you and or you know they wouldn't go about it like that you would say hey that's not me and you know it's not me they could do as little as saying well you know that that that's not the case but who's going to believe you you've got that on record but then who's to say that you're not the one doing the deep fake with audio because all you have is audio they've got video of you doing something so yeah, man, it's a scary thing. And then it brings up the idea that in Canada, they allowed it to be legal to put child porn on someone's computer that they're targeting to try and get them for bigger crimes. And that's now illegal in the United States. So that's what's it, that's scary. Dude, remember uh, that Paul Dinoch episode we did? <laughs> I didn't yeah. Wonder, but at the end of that episode, I tell a particular story that has something to do with that. I was like, 
is to say that like it they might they were definitely doing that before it was legal you know what i mean right like yeah it's just scary that it's legal now so now they have law on their side so you can't even say hey they're doing something illegal this is breaking my my rights blah 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 now that's no longer a thing so I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to fix this. If anything's going to fix it, it seems like we're just kind of going into one of those reset modes here pretty soon at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetimes, but it seems like it's all going that direction. Well, and then with the chat, chat, uh, the AI stuff, like coming up with ideas for people and stuff, like it's going to be that like equilibrium. People are just going to be so bland. Like, I mean, it's already happening. People just don't have no separation of personalities everyone's just molding into trends you know just just bots they're not even uh trying to be individuals anymore yeah and and that's what's crazy ron because i saw a video the other day that a guy was talking guy from the music industry was talking about how over in china they have uh i think it's out of their like their top 10 right now is all ai generated music from the lyrics to the to the music to the act performers they're all ai and the music industry is like how are we going to fucking deal with this like they cuz if you have ai plus holograms you can get rid of the real person and and put and still do what they're doing without any of the you know real overhead of human expense have we talked about fn mecca here before that ai artist Yes, in the US. Yeah. It, it, the the music videos are dope. Like they're super sick. The dude puts like an ice cube in a in a little thing and then it turns into a watch, right? Like after it like it's like the ice cube turns into a watch. There's all kinds of really dope things he's driving around in a tank. It looks like Call of Duty zombies in some of the scenes and stuff. The music is shit, but the yeah. kids that are out there right now might like that music cuz it's all auto-tune, it's generic stuff. It's like talking about like money it's super super basic stuff but the visuals are dope and i think it's a it's an incredible idea in theory but it just is is super strange yeah here's some images that you got there it's weird uh he's wearing a little fendi jacket it looks like yeah you should see if you could find a video on youtube uh because the videos are are, i think the videos are kind of dope but the uh oh youtube yeah, let's see what they got here. Oh, is that just a video? Oh, no, never mind. I thought it was a video. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it looks like a still image, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's a still. All right, let's see. Can we get a real video? Just a... Oh, yeah, this is like a music video that he's featured in, so this is going to show all kinds of... This is making my ears bleed. <laughs> yeah, the music is bad, dude. It's bad music, but... So, like, on... Yeah. So, this is all real stuff. But, like, this is his thing on Apple Music. Like, if you if you can see this... This is the shit that they do on Apple Music. And it's kind of cool effects like this is obviously pretty basic it's just my phone here so it may not be the greatest quality but they go into some other things he's just kind of doing some dumb dancing and stuff um let's see if they show but yeah i mean it looks you know that looks fake obviously 
Is this all that they're going to show here now? Now that I fucking bring it up? Yeah, it looks like that's yeah, it. But yeah. yeah, there's like there's stuff that they were showing where he's like, you know, showing like a like just stuff that you that you would want to see in these music videos. And it looks super real. I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. But at the same time, it's kind of ruining music. Not that music's not already ruined. Well, it's ruining people's mentalities too. Like, I mean, especially uh, us too. You know, we can't be hypocrites because it's you know, you know, for instance, like me, you know, listening to punk rock music, I just wanted to like cause a you know ruckus or listening to gangster rap music, and I I would just like mug people <laughs> driving by me just because I wanted like you know it's just how it was you know your hood because of the music listened to and, <laughs> really. Uh, so you yeah, actually just, you like you were you were always like influenced by music like that like you would actually like rob people and stuff when no not rob people but I'd be uh you know like definitely the music oh like, like stare like, at people like mean mug people yeah mean mug people oh okay <laughs> yeah I thought you were saying like just beating random people and taking <laughs> I was like yeah that's cool <laughs> no, uh, I was gonna go with it but you know that's, I guess that, that sounds yeah, well and it, right. it's kind of been like a progression. Right. I mean, we got we got techno in the like late 80s or late 90s, early 2000s. Then you got the electronica that came in on top of that. And it's just been a downfall since there. Then it was like auto tune and all that shit. And they've just gone away from actual instruments and gone more to the computer based, you know, computer generated, whether it's beats, instrumentals, whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, there's something about like just uh, a live, uh, you know, musical performance, like with actual with instruments and no other shit added. Like there's well, something. And the frequency uh, it's tuned down. Right, Ron? I mean, that yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah, man. Definitely. Just some of these like, frequencies that they put on the radio. Supposedly, the radio plays at 440, which is meant to disrupt. Whereas, you know, when you go to live and you're listening to live, I, I mean, I would imagine those instruments in at a live concert are, are tuned differently than the way the radio is well it depends what who you're going to see because like what happened at that travis scott concert you know what i mean that was such a weird thing that happened there and that's not the only time that's happened that's happened at michael jackson concerts it's happened at uh guns and roses concerts well and there's that janet jackson song too that if you play on it supposedly it was blowing up computers in like the late 90s Oh, with the because, high pitch? Yeah, because the frequency that it plays at was at the same frequency that a lot of the memory, you know, hard drives were operating at, and it was just frying them out. Wow, I did not know that actually. I, yeah. I thought I, I was confusing that for um, who was the Mariah Carey, the the one with the the Christmas song. I thought that it was that that that's who you're talking about. I didn't realize there was a song that actually fried computers. Oh yeah. Uh, let me see if I have it here. I used to have it. Uh, Are we going to listen to it? Because I don't want to fuck my computer up. Oh, yeah. Don't fry. No, this is the old computers. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it wouldn't do it to yours today, but like some of the old, you know, uh, it's back in do the... You guys, I can't even... Do you guys it. ever have like music just randomly playing in your, your, in your head? Oh, yeah. That's supposedly a sign of um, uh, Tourette's. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get songs stuck in my head over and over again and it's like no. where did this come from and i'm just singing it in my head and yeah, it's not a song that like I heard. A, yeah it's not a song you heard yeah yeah it's weird it's supposedly that's an early sign of Tourette's. I, I don't i don't believe that though at all 
Dude, I'm like, wow, this is like one of the best songs I've ever heard. And like, I've never heard it before. It's just like my brain's like making up this song. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like some weird, uh, weird thing that, that people do. But uh, yeah, I don't think anything's wrong with us just because that happens. I wish I knew I was like Mozart or some shit. And I could like write it down. I'm like, damn, dude, this is it right here. This is that million dollar idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I needed. And then you just don't know how to articulate the song. Articulate it. Yeah. What uh, were you looking for over there, Matt? Uh, I was trying to see if I could find that thing with Janet Jackson and Rhythm Nation because that's what was fucking up computers. Is that the name of the song, Rhythm Nation? Yeah. Or is it like a... Okay. I believe yeah, that's man. what it was. There's something to that whole frequency thing. Like, it's it's clear that, uh, you know, frequency used to be medicine and it used to, you know, it, it can obviously be used to make people sick. But if it can be used to make people sick, it can cure people, too. So why aren't they sharing that with us? Well, I suppose it cats uh, purring like on your chest. Heals, it heals them. It, heal, it heals you, too. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I heard that if a cat is laying on your chest and it's purring, it's actually really good for your heart. Well, yeah, that's that has to do with like aura and stuff, too, because uh like I've that's that's one of the things you hear about dogs is that like you know when a dog is sick if you go and you you know you have good intention and you put your heart on you know your head on them you can you know use your frequency to help heal them and I had a woman who swore by it with her dog and I'm like oh that's interesting hmm. yeah man cats are kind of interesting they're weird little creatures how you think yeah. about where America is at this moment it's this is like a, a little CBS News report on the Janet Jackson thing. Nice. On CBS. All right, we may sound crazy, but trust us, you will want to check on your laptop before watching a certain Janet Jackson music video. This is so strange. I want to bring in Courtney and Cody over in the Good Day studio with more on this. Make it make sense. This is cringe sense. morning we've TV. We've looked around yeah. the newsroom for a laptop. He's a kooky guy wearing a bow tie. Yeah. My executive producer was yeah. like, oh, meanwhile, he's jamming apples up his ass yeah. off yeah. camera. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the story. A popular yeah, his Janet seat's Jackson got a, a built-in uh, fucking cucumber. Sitting on it upside down. <laughs> Pausing for sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that song? This is Dana Jackson's Rhythm Nation from the 1814 uh, album there. So a Windows developer discovered that the song contained one of the natural resonant frequencies that certain laptop hard drives use. That frequency caused hard drives to vibrate to the point of failure. Too much on the 808. <laughs> what? They were able to fix the problem, though, by putting a little filter in the computer's audio receiver that would detect and remove said frequency. Cannot handle this jam. <laughs> That's how good this song is. Uh, wow, so I also read too that it it would crash the computer that was playing the song. Yes, but that at least one case it also crashed a computer that was near a computer That's playing that song. It could what? have been a, a laptop that was so. If you're in a, like a computer lab, <laughs> you're around a bunch of people. You want to go boom. fuck up your school's computer lab? Everybody just go you. play some Janet Jackson, down. and That's a solid take care thing. of it. That's nice, dude. Yeah. 
I wish I knew that back in the day. When did that song come out? Oh, yeah, but I know. Rhythm Nation. That's in nineties. Okay, I might have not been in school yet because I started school in ninety six. Yeah, so. that's that's probably like a late nineties hit. Oh man, I wish I would have known that. I would have crashed because, dude, computer class sucked ass. They could have made it so cool. Typing, I I can't think of a more pointless class than keyboarding back in the day. But then now, how how important is like (laughs) you couldn't? They made us not look at it. Like you had to put a piece of paper over the keys and then try to type. It's like it's like those fucking asshole math teachers that are like, "What? You think you're going to have a calculator to be able to help you at all times?" (laughs) <laughs> it's like, dude, you fucking idiots. I got this thing right here. It's better than right. a calculator. Right, dude. There, I mean, that's what the, I think Patrice O'Neill has a really good joke where he's like uh making fun of people that were like good in computer class. It's like, man, when the fuck are we ever gonna use computers? Like, we're yeah. out there playing football, <laughs> giving each other concussions like real men, and these guys are out there learning how computers work, you know what I mean? And now computers are like the only thing that we use every single day for everything. I mean, your phone's a computer. So it's just kind of crazy how that works out like that. But yeah, dude, that's hilarious, man. I didn't know that they would put paper over your your computer or over your keyboard. Yeah, they'd cover your keyboard with white paper, you know, printer paper so you couldn't see. And you had to try and, you know, type. And it was like, fuck that, man. Like, why can't you just do it the way you do it? You had to and you had to meet like certain time criterias. You know, you had to type X number of words per minute. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Dude, the show that would fuck me up is when you have to hit shift and then one of the numbers. Like, damn it. Like, I always get the wrong number. Right. You know, well, yeah. it, that's the thing, Ron. If your fingers get off placement, everything's off. So you had to, like, uh, stay base there. It was like, dude, that was one of those classes where, oh, that caused mayhem. I couldn't that's the magic, it. though, man. Like, imagine, like, you know, the whole ancient alien theory. Like, somebody sees you, like, typing on a keyboard and making shit happen on the screen. They're like that's fucking insane like like they wouldn't be able to like handle it like it, ma- it makes me imagine like uh if we jump into the future like that's why i think time travel would be like too much for a lot of people you you jump into the future and and you wouldn't even like it would take you like you know weeks or whatever to even get a hold of what's even like you know do you know op- how to operate and think anymore i feel But that's kind of along the lines of, you know, imagine if everything, all electronics died today, or there was a massive, you know, cataclysm, mud flood of some sorts where, you know, everything, all our technology would be wiped out, right? All the plastic shit's gone, it's melted, you know, you're left. And then think about how long it would take them to rebuild to get to where we are or better than today. And, you know, you just look at like, things like travel and for thousands of years supposedly we were just traveling around on horse and buggy and then all of a sudden in the last hundred or so we've made a jump to jets and you know some self-propelling you know people flyers well we know boats the rockets that are super real boats have always been uh super important for uh history and you know trade and people interacting I think. Uh, what do you think about airships, Ron? Airships. Yeah, because I feel like that's something that kind of has been poo-pooed in history. It's been kind of made like into a cartoon idea. I mean, honestly, like I feel like uh, with everything kind of like being like bonded by water in some way, like all 
existence, like even outer space. I mean, it doesn't, to me, I feel like if you could come up with some sort of future tech, it's, it's basically like a, like you're saying a ship. It's just, it's just a different kind of traveling through water. <laughs> you know, it's like water is like a, it seems to be the, uh, tra- you know, point of, uh, traversing for whatever reason, pressure, you know, um, everything has to do with water. What do you mean, like, everything has to do with water, like, in the air? Like, yeah, the, the uh, hydrogen and uh, helium shit that they... Because, what was it? It wasn't helium, it was... No, it was helium. What, what, what would they use in airships? It it could have been hydrogen, it could have been helium. They used both. Isn't one super flammable? Uh, hydrogen, I believe. Yeah, because helium is what NASA has basically, you know, a monopoly on right now. And that's what they use for all the satellites is is helium. But hydrogen, that's what the Hindenburg was made out of. And that's why they blew it up to show that, listen, all it takes is a little spark and these things are gone and you're going with it. It's like, mind you, now we just go on a a jetliner that's filled with supposedly thousands of gallons of fuel and, you know surrounded by a little tin layer that's going to protect it if you touch anything hmm. what do you think steam, that... steampunk thing though do you think that's possible like i i do honestly if you look at you look at what was you know what we see in some of these ancient uh depictions whether it's vimanas or things like that and then and then you look at where we are now you know, there had to be some progression, right? And I, I see steampunk as kind of that like middle era, possibly that transition from, you know, finding these old technologies and them like half working and then you having to MacGyver it to get the rest of the way. And I think that's what steampunk is. It's kind of like band-aiding shit together in these like Frankenstein ways to come up with you know, or piecing things that normally didn't go together together to to try and make things work. Well, that's that like the whole Russian wanted, space program. Yeah. That's yeah. like how that is. <laughs> the whole water car guy that got taken out. You know, like how, oh, well, dude. not water car guy, water car guys. There's guys been multiple yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple guys who have cr- created what uh, you know water water based engines, and they all seem to mysteriously disappear. It's like that guy who found, you know, the ocean under the ocean. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And he disappeared like a couple weeks later afterwards after finding it. You know, it's so weird, though, because there is that underwater waterfall off the coast, I think, about Australia, right? And that's like a well-known off New thing. Zealand, yeah. Okay, so yeah, why is that? Why, why would water underwater be a problem if it's kind of provable that there is some weird shit that just happens like that in nature? Uh, it was a different kind of water. Like yeah. it was like only three, like, right? Um, I can't remember exactly the story about it, but I heard that it was like a, a even higher density than the water. So yeah, it, it would bounce yeah. off. It was like a you know, it was like a bubble that you couldn't penetrate. Hmm. Which you know, it just seems well, so fucking. Do y'all strange. know about the sea bishop and the uh, sea monks story in like Poland back in the day? No. So basically, like, uh, there used to be stories of uh, water humanoids who are, like, dressed like clerics, like, kind of like bishops and stuff like that, like uh, monks, religious men, 
uh, they would come up to the surface and interact with the people there and, and tell them, you know, uh, to live more peacefully and, and all this kind of stuff. And then they just go back into the water. So it makes me think that, uh, the whole like second layer water thing is just kind of like the ice wall to their world. You know, like there's like the, like avatar, you have like the, uh, Navi people, the regular people. And then like the new movie, the water breathers, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, down there, two different types of like, like the, these, uh, civilizations maybe it's just kind of like that you know what i mean like uh because uh light right we uh we think every form of uh life like what's generally taught about is needs uh the sunlight but there's creatures at the bottom of the ocean who survive off of the volcanic uh emissions you know and like they're the, neon right they yeah. glow they don't bioluminescent they, yeah, yeah they 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 don't need light they can go without it and like you find that shit in caves too right some of these animals that live in caves they end up losing their sight but they you know develop extra senses to to cope in those almost like moles too right yeah moles like their eyes are they have eyes but they're like not there almost right yeah create your own light (laughs) what's crazy about those underwater waterfalls and things like that is when you start thinking about the earth and how it's you know changed over over time and how there were certain lands that were land and now they're below sea level. And I mean, the planet is constantly changing. It's, you know, the, the, what we deem as land is sometimes land in history. And sometimes it's swallowed up by the water. Um, Sometimes what we're seeing now is the tip of a, of a mountain, but it's an Island to us, but, you know, pre-flood, that was a whole country or a continent maybe. Um, and that's, that's one of those things when I start thinking about, you know, things like underground, you know, water underwater, it's like, well, it's possible. If you think about how many times things have just been buried over and buried mm. over what what's underneath us. And that's why I tend to lean towards space being under the ocean and not above our heads. Mm. well and then also the idea that space is just liquid too like it's not some kind of air that's a pretty uh like what like with the the flood like the noah flood right they say that that was a uh like there was a hole in the ozone and water just poured in from space and that is what flooded the wor- world supposedly. From below yep and then the 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 atlantic ocean is not that deep to your point too like yep. supposedly compared to like the pacific the pacific's like several times deeper than the atlantic so i mean what does that mean for what was possibly there and then you get into atlantis and like the aryans that live there and all that shit we're supposedly like a, the fifth incarnation of the aryans today yeah. but we're kind of watered down um i'm actually working on that you heard of root races before yep the five I'm working on races. like a huh the five root races or whatever it is there's seven root races five have have been like you like we're the fifth incarnation of the root races actually the aryans and then there's seven subsets and what's interesting there's seven subsets to each of the seven um two haven't come up yet the sixth will come up in the 28th century supposedly i mean who knows it's based off helena blavatsky's work so it's kind of like who knows and then um the seventh and final one will be like several million years in the future, but the sixth incarnation of the Aryan race will come from the United States in the early 21st century. 
according to their their work, which is like right now. We're in that. We're not going to be in that for much longer. Are those the, so makes uh, you... are those the jabbed? That's what I'm saying, dude. Is it the jabbed? Is, is it, it people the mRNA that... humans? You know, the mRNA the... or the people that get the fucking Neuralink? The chip. Yeah. Right. So it's like oh, it, it makes you wonder. Cause... What if it's like the beginning of the grays? Like that's why they're pushing all this like uh, transgender stuff. Everyone just starts morphing into like hermaphrodites. Like a, now, I, right, think, right. I think that the, trans- <laughs> the crazy thing about that transgender or the uh, androgyny thing is that that's another one of those repeating cycles. It's it's one of those things that we saw with the Greeks. It led to their downfall. We saw it with the Romans. It led to their downfall. Whenever you start getting into this debauchery and this androgyny and and unnatural way of life, you see that civilization start to crumble. There's, you know, there's that pendulum effect, I feel like, and you get too far one way or the other, and you're going to get brought back to the middle. And it's a it's painful. But I, I think this whole period that we're in now, I mean, you look at what's happening in America, and it's so eerily similar similar to how rome went down and and how it just the empire fell and it's just from debauchery it's from you know overbearing yourself on a a world scale you know stretching yourself too thin trying to impose your will everywhere and and think that your way of life is the best and the the way that everyone else should comply to and I think there's only so long that can last. And that's been proven throughout history that these civilization, these, you know, empires don't last that long anymore, especially nowadays. Yeah. Assimilation to, to ideas, you know, assimilation to ideas at the end of the day, it's just thoughts and the way people perceive their, their reality. You know, that's the whole thing about drugs. You know, you can look at a, glass of kool-aid differently when you're on acid you know than you would when you're sober true <laughs> it's, it's not the same glass of uh kool-aid even though it really is but i was gonna say um some popped my head like uh i guess uh have you heard about uh nancy schaefer before no nancy schaefer was a uh, she was a senator down in georgia and uh she uh was all against like the she was talking about how the child protective services was extremely corrupt and stuff like that and uh how they were basically like causing like victims were six times more likely to be abused uh under child protective services than if they were in foster care or something like that really? or some other yeah and um she was murder suicided uh uh, by uh, by her, uh, you know, husband who they they were married for like I think like thirty five years, and uh, people that were close to him were like, oh yeah, that was definitely like foul play because they were like always in love. They were like that perfect couple, never fought. They were just that you know old school kind of couple, and uh, um, it was two weeks before her book was coming out about child protective services and corruption. And, and how about her? Yeah, they got her. And and recently, uh, a gay couple, and it's not, this is nothing about gays. This could be like any type of couple, right? Straight couple. But uh, they were, through Child Protective Services, they adopted these kids and then were actually like uh, molesting them and then uh, selling, pimping them out, making 
you know, videos and stuff like that. And uh, it goes to show that she was right, you know, and like, well, and that's what, that's what Madonna's in trouble for right now or being sued for in Africa is that through her agency or whatever she was doing, essentially she was taking kids and some of the adoptions were legal and some of them were not. But a lot of the kids were being given to gay parents, and it was not in the agreement that the country had agreed to that this is how it would work, that these kids would go to, you know, but that's what they were doing. They were taking these kids and giving them not only to gay couples, but putting them in in questionable situations, too, where there was potential for, you know, trafficking or exploitation, and it just ma- made it easier for the production of that filth for the elites. Yeah, you know, for it's not like the elites, Oprah's but school the, in Africa, yeah. right? I mean, that's just a, mm-hmm. a front for trafficking and sex abuse, and it's just disgusting. But they but do was, it under the auspice of we're here to help. Mm-hmm. And uh, and when Nancy Schaefer, I just wanted to say, like, you know, that's it's this lady who it was supposedly murder, suicide, open shut case. You know, they didn't even investigate it. They're like, Oh yeah. Oh, two shots to the back of the head. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I just wanted to say like, as a conspiracy theorist, like she, she, her name will never be forgotten. You know, like the North remembers, you know, like right, right. they're expecting people, you know, they just get, you know, washed under all this other bullshit that we got to worry about. But, you know, people like that, um you know i'll you know you never forget them that that's that's what keeps drive going you know? well and here's North the Rivers. problem is that you have people like that right and it's mm-hmm. like but yet on the other hand we have the say her name slogan for Brianna <laughs> taylor you know oh, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. they they the the way that our society works now and, and one of the major problems that i have and i don't know how you guys feel about this but anybody that comes to me or comments in an argument and even mentions the term Democrat or Republican, I instantly lose all credibility for them. Because anyone that still thinks that one side is is more righteous than the other, or that this is a, a problem with one side or the other, and that it's not both sides that are the problem, I, I just can't even re- uh, consider your argument anymore or your discussion points. Do you feel that same way uh, about the voting base or the constituents, as they call them? And real quick, before you answer that, I stepped away for just a second. Ron, who was the lady that you were talking about? The conspiracy theorist should never forget. Uh, Nancy Schaefer. Nancy Schaefer. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I just kind of stepped away, so I didn't hear it. But yeah, dude, no, if that if she's doing that kind of work, man, like that, that seems incredibly interesting. Yeah, she's dead now, but it, it happened like I think like. 15 i mean i was like around like 18 or so like so like maybe like around like 15 or so years ago right well i've heard the name i just didn't realize that's who you were talking about and yeah if if she's doing that kind of work like she was doing that kind of work then yeah it's 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 incredibly important but to my my question though like don't you think that there's kind of a difference between like these hardcore liberals and these hardcore conservatives as far as the constituents go i think their base or their their mentality is different in what they want but i think their approach is very similar 
in, right, right. That's in undeniable. the irrationality of theirs, the, the fact that they're on the good side and the other side is automatically the bad side. And, you know, you have to pick a team. You can't be yeah. in the middle. I think all that shit, it, it's just bullshit because when it boils down to it, how can anyone agree with everything on one side when you're dealing with such a vast number of topics and areas? I don't think that they're all agreeing necessarily because there's there's the idea like there's different variations of conservatives. There's neocons, there's hardcore like, you know, Christians. Yes, but when they go to the are... bot, when they go to the poll, they have to choose between blue or red. Right. But you don't I mean, that shouldn't be the case. There should be in a real healthy way. Or in like a, a perfect world, there should be a conservative that actually sides with a liberal politician more than a conservative politician, but that will never happen in this day and age because it is so polarized. Well, right? and the problem today, right, is that the left isn't the left right now. The, yeah. left, is, the left is like warmongering, which is is totally anti-left. Like when it's is the, the left ever pro-war? Like it just doesn't make any sense. And it's it, like the right right now is the anti-war party, like the ones calling for peace. And it's just, that's why I can't buy this whole left-right paradigm, Republican Democrats anymore. I think it's all just people getting you know pushed into a, a trough and having to stand on one side or the other. And it's like, well, I agree with this side on this, this, and this topic, but I totally don't agree on this, this, and this. So where do I stand? Am I that team or, you know, and then if you go to a, a lefty and you say anything, you know, they're like, oh, well, you must be a Trumper then. Like, it, it's just, why does it have to be one or the other? And that's well, where we are. Well, what's emerging is the radical center, and that's the most dangerous thing. Yes. Is this radical center, which is yep. like, I that's mean, where it, you get it's... fascism. Yeah. I don't get radical center though. I don't. It's like, um, I mean, I, I bring it up too much, but it's like Rogan. It's like this intellectual oh, dark okay, web yeah. thing where it's like, you know, we're we're so anti-establishment, but we're part of the establishment. Rage and... against the machine. It's like it's yeah. all Hollywood. <laughs> it's all of entertainment. Yeah, I met some dude on uh, the the cruise, and he was a cool guy and everything like that. But uh, he was like all talking about how, oh, I'm so intellectual, I'm so red. He was. He was just a pretty smart dude. And then he's like, yeah, I'm vaccinated like six times till Sunday. I'm just like, oh, my it's like that's so yeah. funny because so uh, somebody I could agree with. Um, on a political level and things like that, I wouldn't necessarily ask him for financial advice or how to take care of his life, you know? Right. Right. They, but then someone who follows, uh, you know, all this crap and believes all this crap, whatever the government tells them, they actually do have their shit together and they, they know how to you know take care of their lives. So it's kind of like weird how they, they have that working too. Some, you know, I, I see it a lot. People who are, oh, yeah, I'm pro Trump, blah, blah, blah. Have, and, but then you, you see how they, they are in real life, like off the internet. And you're like, wow, your life is like in shambles. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, man. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people pretend online that they got that's a highlight reel. Like all the shit on, on social media is a highlight reel. They're not ever talking about like, we just got the last, uh, you know, notification that the mortgage is is done <laughs> if we don't pay this month. You know what I mean? Like they're never sharing that information, um, dude. You know, I, I what movie did you just bring up, Ron? Like a little while back, 
You brought up some movie. I thought oh, I brought, brought up a movie. Uh, damn, I don't know. I know, dude. We were talking about so many things so quick, but like, there's a movie that you guys ought to watch, and everyone out there listening needs to watch that "Knock at the Cabin" movie. It's M Night Shyamalan's new movie, uh, and it just came out, and you can watch it for free if you don't want to pay for it. If you just like kind of look around, dude. All of M Night Shyamalan's movies have like a twist to them, you know. Mm-hmm. And this movie, without me ruining it at all. It's a QAnon type movie. It, it's what it seems like. It's all like, it, it's very relevant to what's going on right now. And it's just pretty interesting. It's very like conspiratorial in nature. Um, it's fucking great. It's a really, in, really in good movie. In what sense is it QAnon, Rye? Have you watched it? No. I, I have. I didn't even, I'd never even heard of it, honestly. I'm going to go look it up after the show, but. Yeah, knock at the cabin. You could watch it right now for free. Uh, Kim, I, I can send you something. I just don't want to say it like over here. Uh, we can send you something where you can watch it for free. We watched it. We watch pretty much everything for free these days because uh, fuck that whole thing, you know. But, dude, it, it's so I don't want to give anything away, but they say that like the, the people that come and meet at this cabin, there's four people. I'm not saying anything that's not in the previews, so I'm not doing spoilers, mm-hmm. but like they're basically the four horsemen of the apocalypse, these four people that go to this gay couple's cabin. Oh, that's what you're mentioning. You're mentioning like the gay shit with Madonna. It wasn't even a movie. And the gay stuff in this, it's not like these two dudes are like flamboyantly gay. They're not making out. It's not gross. It's like you actually feel bad for these two gay dudes by the end of it, like big time. And um, these four horsemen of the apocalypse that all also represent like the four like different types of people, quote unquote, like the uh, the guidance the nurturing the healing like all these different types of people um they met on a message board and everything that they're talking about is super like apocalyptic it's the end of the world blah 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 and um like i said i don't want to give it away but it just like it ran it it seemed like QAnon to me like these people that are super religious and like fuck we didn't realize that you guys were gay sorry to come and target you guys but we just had to like it's part of the plan you know, all this shit. It, it just seemed very QE to me, but it was incredible, dude. It, I, I watched it like three times and it, I just, yeah, it was shit. dude, it's good, man. It, it really is good. I hope I'm not like, you know, pumping it up too much. And you guys watching, you're like, what the fuck was this about? But I thought it was really good. And that Mario Batista, I think his name is the guy that plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I've seen that trailer. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Dude, it's a great movie. Really, really cool. And just like the like from the like every single line in that movie seems like it's got some sort of like double meaning to it from the the first line where this girl's catching grasshoppers and looking at them in a jar. The first thing that she says to like the very last line in the movie, it all seems very important. It's it's cool. It's a good movie. Really well done when like in an age when not many good movies are coming out from Hollywood. This is a good one for sure. But yeah, I like him. That's, M. Night that's what I was going to ask you guys. Have you seen any good movies or anything lately? Because I'm struggling to find anything new that's entertaining. It's like I, I've been going back to like uh, 90s movies and, and especially like 90s comedies. It's been weird lately. But you asked the right person. Uh, Ron, <laughs> do you have any questions? Because I've got I mean, I've got fucking pages of movies that i think that any conspiracy theorist would like but ron you got any good ones that you've seen well i mean uh not really movies but i'll say uh the uh tv show wise i've i've seen some good stuff like uh it's very uh have you seen a dark it's just called a dark 
I mean, it's just called Dark. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I've never seen it. Uh, but it that's a pretty good movie about like uh, time travel concepts and things like that. That's pretty crazy. Dark. Okay. And it's a German movie, so you got to do uh, so, uh, the translations aren't so good in the first season, but then they get better as the show goes on. Okay, dark. That See, yeah, some that, of those foreign movies are great. It's like uh, it's not a horror movie. It's it's like no foreign movies. Oh, foreign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, have you seen a uh, pest or what? Or not pest? Fuck. Uh, parasite parasite (laughs) yeah isn't that a japanese one korean korean yeah that's crazy because that's actually like happened in real life before like somebody living inside of your house and you don't know about it dude yeah well that's creepy shit right there well dude that there's a movie called barbarian that's like that and that's a fun it's a good movie dude have you seen that one that one's kind of newer yep that's a great movie what'd you think of that i thought it was good yeah, I, I mean, it's, I mean not... like that's my problem. Like, I'm it, unless the movie's like makes me think or you know has a great storyline, I I can't get past like 45 minutes with a lot of these movies. It's right. just like there's it goes nowhere. It feels like, and I'm like, ah, I can skip the end. I don't care. Have you seen the Banshee chapter? No. Okay, that's about DMT entities, and it's like filmed like a like a mockumentary, like, like Blair Witch Project. B a n s h e e. Yeah, yeah, like a banshee. Okay. Um, banshee chapter you would love. Frankenstein's army is about like a it's another one because I like these like they're found footage movies, right? Like that's my favorite type of movie. So Frankenstein's army is about like a Joseph Mengele type dude that creates an army of cyborg Nazis, and these Russians find them, and it's epic, dude. It's an incredible movie. Lunopolis is a good one about like it's another found footage one where two dudes discover this like um it seems like a philosopher's stone and it comes out of this time machine thing that looks like a jetpack and it supposedly teleports them to and from the moon and like it's like they find it under a, a like rock base men in black are involved and all this shit it's really good um what else is there the conspiracy is a good movie classic uh but yeah dude there's there's so many good ones man like there's there's really good uh like if you if you get like a little stoned and you just watch like a cool or drunk or whatever you do and you just watch like a a, a movie like that it's it's pretty trippy well for me the uh esoteric side is that uh the show i mean the movie that uh my show is kind of like loosely based off of is uh the or not loosely based off but it's kind of like themed off of a little bit but the uh the imaginary of dr Vanessa's. Yeah, for an right. Have you seen Have you seen that? Yeah, with Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, yeah, and uh, what you can kind of see is where uh, uh, Doctor Parnassus is kind of like us, the cons- you know the modern conspiracy theorist trying to like wake people up because what you can see in the beginning of the movie is uh, he's showing the guy the twelve times twelve step program, and uh, you know, um, you know, at the top you can see it's like kind of like a stairway to heaven. Then he turns around and it's a CD motel. <laughs> mm. and the guy obviously goes for you know we go for the quicker uh get, uh pleasures instead of the more long-term uh you know uh, what is it long-term satisfaction type type events and um it also shows how uh truth and stuff like that like uh is has been become more of a sideshow 
you know it's more of like a gimmick or an you know it's not it's more you know it's more just a novelty you're talking and, about i think you you meant like uh like short-term satisfaction like we're going for the instant gratification shit right and we're, yeah. and we're like foregoing like the the greater good or like the better thing we're not thinking about tomorrow basically yeah just w- whatever is easiest <laughs> right right yeah. oh absolutely. So it's, hard, it's harder to save people's souls because most people don't really care to have their souls saved <laughs> right 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 yeah man it's wild dude pawnee pool is another good one too that's a good zombie apocalypse movie you seen that one epic yeah. movie yeah pawnee pool you'd like that one too dude i got movies all day dude you need you're bored you need a movie dude just hit me up i got i got yeah, that's movies. my problem i don't get bored enough i'm like i, I i'm ocd with either picking up a book or trying to find a cool documentary that like, whereas in the past I was all movies all the time. Like right. I was going on, uh, what was it called? Uh, fuck. What was it? LimeWire. And you right, know, right. I'd make, oh, dude, shout out LimeWire. What dude, happened? I'd make DVDs for days off of LimeWire and, and also, I mean, I had catalog those, those old black CD books, just full of movies. Yeah, man, LimeWire was the shit. Oh, uh, that, well, it, it was the yin and the yang, right? Because it was great to get stuff, but you were guaranteed to get a fucking virus. Yeah, you just <laughs> had to sweep your computer every once yeah. in a while. Oh, no, but that's what I'm saying. It was guaranteed to give you all sorts of STDs. It was oh, yeah. fun to play with, but hey, you knew what you were playing with. It's like that town bike girl, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta hit it one time. You can't then, be the no. one that didn't try it. Yeah, but then you know you you gotta just make sure that you wear a condom, and that's your antivirus stuff. Or three. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, condoms work better when you multiply them. But yeah, man, no, it's it, uh, dude. Movies are like that's why, like with UFC and with sports. Dude, I, I I always encourage like conspiracy theorists to get into something because like it's good to be, you know, addicted to learning and trying to like grow your knowledge base so that you can have these good conversations on these fun shows like this and stuff. But dude, you got to decompress at least two days of the week, at least like like being a conspiracy theorist is like a job if you're actually doing it. And I'm not saying that to like try and like glorify it and be like oh man we know so much shit because we don't who knows who, who for all we know the fucking people that support the government are actually right who knows it sounds so crazy to us but we can't sit here and say that all of our research is 100 percent true but it's constantly staring into this and then knowing that your government wants to kill you and all this crazy stuff is dark so you need to distract yourself with fun and what stuff. Are you, what are we always doing, Rye? We're always connecting dots, right? So no yeah, matter what input patterns. is coming into us, it's always in our head being connected to something or how is this connected to something else? You know, so you're absolutely right. You have to decompress and get away from this shit. Otherwise, you'll go insane. You watch people. They either go insane or they burn out. Because how yeah. many podcasters go hard for like a couple months and then you never hear from them again? That's yeah. it. And, and that, you, I think you get overwhelmed. Yeah, I think there's... that's part of it. They just burn out because they can't decompress. Like Rye's saying, you got to take that step away. You got to find that happy medium because you go straight rabbit hole all the time. Good luck, man. You're ending up in an asylum. And then your content turns into shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to, you got like, 
some people can do it for years, but then like at a certain point they hit a wall. But yeah, like I said, at least two days a week, you got to just unplug from this. I'm not saying unplug from social media or anything like you can still have your fun there. But dude, like, like movies are great. Video games are great. Uh, sports. Wrestling. I mean, WWE. Wrestling, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, we yeah, are. Man. We are doing a WWE Monday Night Master Debaters eventually. Dude, I'm super down. I don't know I'm, much about it, but like, I'm working on trying to get these guys that I, I found a couple good podcasts out there. I'm going to try and hook up with these guys and have a uh, a Monday Night Master Debaters just on wrestling. Give me it, a uh, heads up so I can uh, learn about the the uh, the mythology, the modern mythology, because I know yeah. about like that early the early 2000s, late 90s stuff. So we've give done, me a heads uh, up on that. We've done an episode. We actually did an episode on wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, you and with, Ghost, right? And, yeah, with Ghost. Yeah, and NY Patriots got one coming out pretty soon too. That's going to be good. Unlike the the esoteric side of WWE and stuff. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I, I mean, and and that's what's funny is you know that that shit's fake, right? And yeah, then but John you know Cena. what they tell you. It, that's the only right. difference between re- WWE and professional sports is that they tell you up front that this is entertainment, whereas you know, Major League Baseball and the NFL lead you to believe that that is legit on the even sports. And and that's why I got I, I felt like shit yesterday. I, I felt like I was getting a cold or something. So I spent most of the day on the couch and got sucked into A&E was doing uh, WWE Legends biographies. So I watched like eight hours of WWE documentaries yesterday on like Bret Hart and Macho Man and Jake Roberts and it's like, man, it, it, there's just something about it that I connect with that more now than I do with real sports because I feel like real sports is just hiding the fact that it's fake. But if you can acknowledge that it's fake in your head and then still enjoy it, I think that's what a lot of people are lacking. Like, or not lacking, but a lot of people aren't able to do that. I can watch the Super Bowl and enjoy the hell out of it knowing that I think that I, I really and well not knowing, but really, really feeling strongly that the outcome is already predicted. And it didn't help that Mahomes goes out wearing a WWE belt on the float after, you know, all this stuff that I mean, that seemed very strange to do that. Right. And, and when you're looking at it from that conspiratorial side. Dude, Jake Paul, when he goes out there and he was boxing yesterday, he's wearing one white glove, one black glove, one white shoe, one black shoe, and he's fighting a dude with butterflies all over him. Yeah, I mean, what are we talking about here? This is monarch mind control and Freemasonry going head to head, fighting boxing royalty, gypsy family, literally gypsy family. They they admit that they're gypsies. You know, it's just just fucking enjoy it man we don't have to sit here and be like oh man this is fake they're st-, you know they're lying to us it's fun it's fun See, where i can't enjoy it and where a lot of pro sports lost me was the social justice bullshit right yeah. i i was going to sports to get away from all that stuff in the past but when they brought it into the sports world and were just throwing it in your face constantly i was like fuck you guys i'm like i don't need this and i think they learned a lesson What's that? I think they learned their lesson. You didn't hear much about Ukraine during the Super Bowl. Like you, you, I you, can't watch the NBA anymore. That's fucking dead to me. The NFL is in the same boat. Like baseball, I can watch a little bit because my I, I that's you love baseball, yeah. My sport, sport, my whole life, and my son still enjoys it a little bit. But I've gotten down to it's like if it's not college football or UFC, I don't 
give a shit about pro sports anymore. Like they're even hockey. I was a big Ranger fan back in the day and I just don't give a shit about any of it anymore. There was a heartbreaker game for U of a basketball fans yesterday or no Saturday. I don't know if you saw that dude, 88 uh, U of a was winning by 80 uh, by two points, 88, 86 ASU player throws it from like the free throw line on the opposite side, just bombs it and drains the three point wins by one point, dude. It was like, yeah, like my dad's a huge U of a basketball fan. And he was going around to my grandma's birthday party, just showing everyone this this fucking clip. And I'm like, "Are you an ASU fan now?" He's like, "No." It was just wild to see this kid. I mean, like, like college sports are fun. And that's another sport, right? I used to, I used to March Madness and huh? breathe college basketball. And then as soon as they went from the college kids having to stay there for three years to they could leave after one year, I lost all interest because there was never any consistency with the teams. Like back in the day growing up, like U of A was a powerhouse. Like they'd be nationally ranked every year. With Lute Olson. What to expect. Lute Olson brought a good program. And, you know, you had guys like Sean Elliott and, you know, um, what was his name? Miles that all these guys were coming out Richard Jefferson, all pros that were Steve Kerr too, dude. Yep. And then, and then, you know, they went to this clown show where it was like, it wasn't college basketball anymore. It was like a breeding ground for the NBA and, and a holding ground. And some guys were coming in for a year. Some guys were coming in for a half a year. And it was just like, fuck this man. And they just ruined sports with, the a the professionalization of it like the the monetization of it and just the influx of the social stigma they wanted to or social awareness they wanted to instill in everyone so right. fuck off i'm here to watch sports not get your political views on the sport yeah that's what ruined hollywood too man like all all forms of entertainment get bastardized by the politicization 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 of it whatever the the word is when you when you start throwing in like ideologies people just lose interest because they're not here to get your thoughts they're here to watch you perform right yeah but for, uh, for me, imagine I mean... dude imagine in a porn sorry ron imagine in a porn if right before like you're you know my favorite porn star luna star shout out she sits there and she's like hey by the way don't forget to go vote and then she starts blowing a dude come on that's not what you want to see Right. You want to see these people perform. So uh, it's it's just wild that that some of this stuff uh, now, you know, everyone's going to look up Luna Star and she's talented. But, you know, just the we don't want to see these people do other than what we're expecting them to say. Basically. Yeah, well, I was going to say, man, honestly, it, it didn't it didn't used to matter that much before. I don't know what happened there. Like it must've been in, in the, in the cereal or in the water or something they did to us, but <laughs> people's opinions didn't used to really matter that much. You'd be like, Oh, I don't really agree with them on that, but whatever, right, <laughs> right. It. you know, it just seems now like opinions and what you believe and stuff has just been like put under a mice microscope. And that's kind of why I wanted to start the podcast is because to show like, you know, man, fuck what people really care about what i say like i'm embarrassed about what i say anyways you know like i don't know it's just like uh i feel like people need to stop really honestly uh giving so much credence about people's uh, people's opinions yeah who cares what other people think right i mean that's where i've gone i went from 
I'm with you, Ron. I cared what, you know, and was so cautious back in the day to make sure, you know, try and make as many people happy as possible. And it was like, fuck you. You're be not being authentic that way. It's like, yeah. dude, I'd rather be authentic now and have no friends than be fake and have all these fake people around me that just suck my dick all the time. Well, you got real respect that way, you know? Uh, yeah, man. Just, yeah, keeping it real. <laughs> It's hard to do though, man, that when you get shamed and when people tell you to kill yourself and all this stuff, when, uh, when you speak your mind, you know, it's tough for some people, but that oh, also find goes it. back to the culture, you know, the culture that, the, that has been created for us here where words are weapons, right? I mean, dude, you can call me anything you can say, even people I respect can say anything to me and it, I'm not going to lose a fucking second of sleep over it, dude. You know what I mean? If you start coming over here and you start, you know, bombing shit in my front yard or shooting through my window, then I have a problem. Then I'm going to lose some sleep and I'm going to react to that. But man, like, man, you know, people people's words don't really bother me. If it's threatening. Yeah, I'll act on it, you know, or or, or I'll, I'll do something. But if you're just sitting here calling me a bitch or you're saying that I'm a retard or whatever, that's not a problem. But that that has changed for so many people. A lot of people haven't been punched in the face one right so like that is like the worst thing that can happen is like you, you you're called a name or someone says hey go kill yourself and that's like oh my god they they just beat me up you know and it's like man more people need to fight i think that should be like a thing in school you should allow kids to fight because we now, talked about this right we think i think man, bullying uh, martial arts should be mandatory yeah me too man right I think eight, you know, in school, I think martial arts should be part of physical education. What's well, the best you know, mark? Oh, go ahead. There's, Ron. there's a. I was gonna say, like with the martial arts, just, you know, you got the tough guy meatheads. It's kind of how it was back in the day. You know, everyone just kind of like uh, meatheads uh, going hard. But um, I've noticed that, like in those kind of environments, people are less likely to cause a ruckus because, like, yeah, you might be a good fighter, but you know, two of these guys would beat the shit out of you. <laughs> you know, you might be able to beat one, but two. Well, and the problem now yeah. is, Ron, is that you have guys who are normal size, just look like very unsuspecting people that could kill you with their hands because they're trained martial artists where, you know, even 15 years ago, it wasn't a big thing. You know, martial arts was a very niche thing yeah i noticed that now man like it seems like so many dudes like know how to like fight and stuff and i think that's just uh from uh experience you know like because back in the 80s it was all like the you know fake martial arts and shit like that like uh the one touch kill you one know, touch that it. Shit. it took a while to for people to kind of morph into uh you know what mma is now you know so yeah. um but not to say that those moves, all of those moves were bad because some of it, you know, comes from real combat, you know, like uh, the Kali and stuff like that, like the Filipino martial arts, you know, it's designed to kill people, not score points on them, you know, small, small joint manipulation, eye gouging. <laughs> you know? Yeah, dude, that's one thing. Most people in a fight, they're not going to try and break someone's finger. That shit works, dude. Like me when my yeah. my dad used to call it milk a rat when we were wrestling, and he would just squeeze my pinky like this, and mm -hmm. I would scream. I'd be like, "Stop!" And he dude, would, with like, somebody's oh. thumb, you take their thumb and pin it to their wrist. 
Dude, they're yeah. incapacitated. Yeah. That's it. Well, he wasn't doing crazy shit like that. He was just moving my, you know. No, but that's what that my... is. You you can't, you don't have to hurt somebody. You just take their wrist and you pin their thumb like that. They can't right. do anything. And it hurts well, like hell. I saw a video of a dude beating the shit out of somebody. And so that guy grabs his nuts. And now it's like, <laughs> he's, begging, he's begging him, please stop. Yeah, your nuts are your eyes, man. You, yeah. you, get, you take a good shot there and you. It, I don't care how tough you are. You're going to fucking feel it unless you're on, you know, some crazy drugs or something. Well, not there are some uh, dudes who, who can uh, train uh, nut defense. I don't know if you've seen that. It's on like sports science. Get the fuck science. out of here. No, dude, I'm not buying I swear, that dude, shit. They, 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 uh, I'll show you videos it's on sports science. They, what they do is they suck their nuts into their body. And then yeah. they, they, they build up their uh, pelvic bones defense so that the pelvic bone works as a guard for their nuts i talked with the dude that actually <laughs> knows people that do this stuff in an old old episode and i th- i didn't believe it until i looked into it a little bit and like yeah people people can take nut shots it's wild. oh no no i'm I'm talking about the average joe there's guys like oh no yeah, no, no. kick me in the balls i can take it i'm like get the fuck out of here dude nah, yeah they're nah. gonna throw up <laughs> i don't right care away. who you are you're not taking a shot to your balls I was going to ask you guys real quick. I'm sure that we're, you know, getting yeah, to the I'd end love here. to get I, out of here in a minute. Let's get this. Go ahead, Rye. I was just going to ask, like, what do you think the best martial art for a kid to learn is? I think it's wrestling hands down. And a lot of people don't consider that a martial art. But I think wrestling, whether it's uh, Sambo, whether it's, you know, uh, Greco-Roman, no matter what kind of wrestling you're talking about, some sort of wrestling, I think, is so important to know um we're about to see bo nickel perform this weekend man and he's gonna you know this guy's fought three professional mma fights he is going to mop the floor with jamie pickett who he's fighting who's fought in the ufc he's a great striker i think he's fairly proficient in jujitsu not not like you know a purple belt or anywhere above that i don't think um but i think wrestling is by far a lot of the greatest in ufc history are wrestling experts john jones habib who i don't really like uh, Hamza, Colby, Kamaru Usman. I mean, you name a good MMA fighter, they are very, very good in wrestling, uh, including GSP. I mean, he he's a good wrestler too. What do you guys think uh, is the best mixed martial arts? If you were only to have one, which one would it be? I'd put my money in jujitsu. Um, yeah. But I, I'm with it. you, Rye. I think wrestling's right there. I think they're one A and one B. If I had to choose, because I think it's because at the at the base, at the core, there's very similar principles, right? And I, I, I don't know. I just think I, I really watch, and especially watching my son do it, and and watching, you know, UFC for the past 25 years, it's you, you notice that the two skills that are when they're mastered or tough to overcome is a good jujitsu artist and a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. They tend to dominate fights because they can control it when they get it to a place that someone else isn't familiar with. The one thing that I have a problem with, with jujitsu is this whole new class and this wave of jujitsu nerds that are only focused on ground game and they don't know how to get it to the ground. They, they just do these Inari rolls or whatever they're called, right? Or what are they, Inari or Mari? What are they called? Inari rolls, right? Yeah, the Inari rolls. And it's just like you're just hoping that you can catch a leg, and that's it. You know, they, they don't know how to shoot in quick. 
It's a it's a whole new class of fighter like the Claudio. Yeah, but the, people said well, that shit about Hoist Gracie too, and he went in and fucked up guys that were three times his size. Yeah, right. it's it's a uh, because uh you know Brazilian jiu jitsu is different from regular jiu jitsu. Regular jiu jitsu is like what the uh, Japanese you know sword fighters to do whenever you start getting close start wrestling for the weapon you know it turns into a wrestling match um and brazilian jiu-jitsu is is uh was designed i think it was nicknamed uh little little man jiu-jitsu yeah because it's designed to use your opponent's body weight against them and that's why in a lot of uh, jiu-jitsu tournaments you have uh open weight classes yep at the black belt level because it's at that point yeah, you, they might have the size, but now you have the mobility, so it kind of just balances itself out when you're skilled. Um, but uh, for instance, like uh, Marcelo Great uh, Garcia, I can't remember his name now, but there's <laughs> there is uh, one of the best jiu-jitsu players. He was only like five eight, 160 pounds, you know, and he was open weight class, you know, choking out heavyweights. But uh, as far as far as jiu-jitsu, yeah, it's good. I feel like you know, in the sport context and even on the street because of the control and choking people out and stuff like that but with wrestling the advantages come come of that is you you're kind of like dictating position you're not really uh, uh that where it balances out with jiu-jitsu is jiu-jitsu is working with your weight and wrestlers know how to place weight so it's the battle of like who's you know who's better with their weight placement and stuff like that but i feel like uh wrestling would be would be more beneficial in a street fight uh, scenario than jujitsu because jujitsu you're on the ground, you can get kicked, you can get stomped. So they, they, you know, hands out, they position themselves, they stack and they start throwing, throwing hands. Yeah, but on you me. can also choke some, but you know, choke oh, yeah, yeah. out and, yeah, and, catch and, and come stuff to like a nonviolent conclusion. But uh, with wrestling, like with wrestling, you can dictate positioning. So you can, you can keep the person down and still be aware of your surroundings a little more to be able to get away. If if you realize one of his friends is coming up to kick you in the face or stab you in the back, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah. why I feel like in a street, in a street fight, you always want to be on the defensive. You always want to be playing defense. I mean, yeah, you can, you know, be in a bar fight, knock a dude out and be on the offense and it works out great. But a lot of the times, especially nowadays, you have to worry about weapons. People just, especially in florida stand your people ground. fighting yeah. right where they where they bring their friends in and weapons and shit yeah yep so i feel like in a street scenario i'd rather be more wrestling focused than uh jujitsu jujitsu if it's just i know i'm dealing with like one person but if it's multiple people around me and it's chaotic like that i'd rather just you know keep somebody off of me you know throw them and that's where greco-roman wrestling comes in handy because it's a lot of like standing grappling you know, uh, tripping people up and creating openings to get away. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Dude, this has been awesome, guys. Ron, <laughs> let the people know where they can find you, man. Um, the uh, the Imaginarium of Thought. Uh, and um, We're on any uh, of the uh, podcast places. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on these shows, man. I'm super rusty. But uh, yeah, I hope uh, y'all, uh, anybody listening, go find our shows and give us uh, some five-star reviews and stuff like that, because uh, that helps out a lot, uh, definitely, you know. Um, it's kind of, you know, if you can, if you have the time, you know, if you'd be so kind, you know, definitely appreciate <laughs> you doing Listen, that. Ron, if they have the time, you're putting out an hour show 
<laughs> the least you can do is ask them to take less than five seconds to go in and click a button that has stars lined across. I mean, come on, fuck me. If if you guys can't do that for us, God damn. I mean, I don't ask much of these pe- of people, but just to go in and click that button and people are like, oh, and you want me to write a sentence too? Like, Jesus Christ, I've given you how many hours of content and I'm asking you 30 <laughs> seconds of your fucking time? Come on. The sentence could be just good show. Great show. That's Dude, it. I've had one where they just yeah. put five stars in the comment. Thank you. Five emoji Perfect. stars. Perfect. Great. Perfect. One person put an emoji, uh, a, an eggplant emoji squirting. Hey, that's awesome. great. Dude, it's in. That it, took extra take time. It. That probably took 10 seconds. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that so- was great. <laughs> do us a favor and 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 yeah, keep us in the algorithm because it does help. As stupid as it sounds, the more reviews I get, the more I feel like more people are watching the show. So uh, there's something to it for sure. So Ron, thank you very much, guys. Go check out Imaginarium of Thought. All the links are in the show notes below. Rye, what do you got going? The same old stuff, man. Um, as always, Matt, thanks so much, dude, just for another fun Monday night chat. I, you know, I'm motivated to try to get someone to follow through with showing up. Uh, you know, anytime I invite somebody, they just are like, well, yeah, I'll be there. And then a blizzard happens like tonight or something, you know, so I'm going to try and get some somebody uh, when you need it. Just let me know, because, um, yeah, man, you do you do a really good job doing these shows and they're always so fun. Obviously, it kind of sucks that Zach was uh, not able to stick the entire episode out, but we got Ron. You know, Ron's better than than two people anyway, so it's fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm actually going to do tomorrow, if you guys want, for this huge two, UFC 285 card, if you guys want, if you're free, if you're available at 11 p.m. Eastern, I know it's late for you guys, but if you guys are free, you're welcome to come on and talk about the predictions for the fights tomorrow um you know over the weekend so it's just going to be a fun thing we just talk mma we talk about conspiracies we have just a good time so if it's too late totally get it but um it's a fun show and it's basically what we did for like that last five ten minutes right there so you guys are both invited for like an hour you can totally hop in what's that i might too dude definitely yeah, we can even do it backwards. We usually start with the prelims, but like for tomorrow, we can start with the top. Nah, fuck it, dude. Keep your format. I'll just plan accordingly. Okay. Well, yeah, just come in, dude. If you guys want, man, you guys are both invited. It, it's such a huge card, man. It's like, I'm so fucking excited. And my birthday's the next day. I'm just going to like, I'm hoping that midnight rolls around, like right when the main event's going and I can just like rage out. Um, <laughs> That's John Jones. John Jones, Cyril Gunn, you got Shavkat Rachmanov, you got Valentina Shevchenko, you got some big fights for uh, for this Saturday coming up. And there's that website, Tapology, where you can go and you can look at it so you can make all your predictions based off their past work and stuff. It's just a blast. And betting on it is so much fun. So, uh, I like I said, I'm trying to encourage more people to get into it just because I've had so much fun with it. Dude, and um, we're 13 days away from being able to online gamble in mass. Oh, dude. Wait. Hey, when you, when you sign up, dude, when you sign up, if you don't have anyone else that you want to give the money to, we both get 50 bucks. If you sign up for FanDuel to bet you would, and I would, but if you got um, someone else that, that is, has told you about that, go with them. Uh, it's like with that, with, I got DraftKings and yeah, FanDuel. I got, I got a DraftKings account. I don't, I've never fucked with FanDuel. 
FanDuel's better in my opinion. And you know, it's well, just, and once it's only- legal, I'm gonna open up account with both. So and I'm looking to I'll get on an MGM Grand too, because supposedly you can bet specific submissions, and those are like massive odds. If you happen to catch like Bo Nickel, I would go rear naked choke against Jamie yep. Pickett, and that would hit massive. That's the only way you can make money on a fucking Bo Nickel fight at this point. So yeah, this is well, a, yeah, an incredible or other than card. parlays. Yeah. Yeah. This is a great card. That Gamrot Turner fight is wild too. I mean, this whole card is stacked. look at this card. I mean, that's five bangers right there. The prelims are good too, dude. You've got yeah. like a you've got a freaking uh, a great prelim card. So yeah, I'm just pumped for this fight, dude. I, the Saturday cannot come quick enough. And uh, so if you guys want to come on tomorrow at 11 p.m., like I said, your guys' time, you guys are more than welcome just to kind of shoot the shit and have some fun talk about this shit. And that's all that we do. So, uh, yeah, but other down. than that, Matt, thanks so much, dude, for another fun Monday. What are you up to? Same old. You know, I've uh, been doing some old world stuff, ancient or electric universe, all that fun shit. Um, but yeah, just doing random stuff right now. I've been, I got so many, like I'm helping or not helping. I'm going on so many different shows right now that like, I'm, I'm like, fuck dude. Cause I do this. I sign up for like a bunch of them. And then I look at my calendar and I'm like booked eight shows in seven days. And it's like, you idiot. <laughs> so I'm in one of those stretches right now. So I'll, I'll be, uh, you'll, you'll, if, not on my feed you'll be seeing me on other people's feeds here and because i'm keeping busy so people like the information man like it's uh i think it's smart what you did and i know you didn't mean for it to be like that you kind of have a niche in this whole conspiracy world and i think that that's smart you're kind of in my opinion the authority on this old world stuff i know obviously there's people that know more than you and all this shit but like in in this community I feel like you're kind of the go-to for like star force and old world shit. So it's, it's legit, dude. I think it's dope. It's interesting. That's for sure. But yeah. And I've been doing these little like story time things where I go into like smaller stories where I take an article like this past week, I did one on these, uh, the Ramapo mountain people, which some people call them the Jackson whites, which is basically like calling them niggers. Um, but (laughs) they, uh, they, these, and I used to live right there. My whole, you know, first nine years of my life, they were within three miles of my house. And I, you know, I'd heard rumors about these. So I started doing some research and it's crazy, man. Like these are people that like ran away from the civil war and the revolutionary war and just ran and hid up in the mountains and didn't want to deal with civilization. And it, it was crazy. Like, and then I remember hearing like stories as a kid, like, yeah, you don't go up on the mountain, you'll get shot, they'll kill you. And then you read about it and it's like, no, they just didn't want authority up there they didn't want outsiders government they want they they lived their way they were like homesteaders basically there's a city like that in mexico dude where like they there's no crime there anymore because they chased out all the politicians and all the cartel yeah it's amazing what happens when you get rid of politics because you have to fend for yourself and all of a sudden community means something so yeah man yeah it's awesome but yeah there's so much going on it's great right now i'm having fun with it and thank you guys man you guys are the ones that make this monday special and make it worthwhile because just me sitting up here wouldn't be worth it so thank you guys uh, thank everybody that listens uh, man I, i appreciate it and i'm glad uh we're gonna do it again next week next week we got a fun one it's ladies night rye buckle up Ooh, yeah sweet it's all girls next week so it's going to be a great discussion um so guys thank you again and until next week everybody stay strong question everything
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.